Hello, my name is Will Spencer, and you're listening to the Renaissance of Men podcast. This is episode number 34, My Lucky Number, featuring a discussion about land, sovereignty, and technology with the neuroscientist and entrepreneur, T.J. Reeves. This is a time of transformation. As old ways fall, men are called to rise, to heal our lives, grow strong, and transcend our limitations. In tribes around the world, drawing on the best of masculinity from all of time, a new day is beginning. This is the Renaissance of Men. You are the Renaissance. Hey guys, my name is TJ Day, and welcome to the Death Proof Solutions Research Forum. The first point about this forum is that it's about learning the truth about our reality through occulted knowledge. But you have to understand that the word occult means hidden. This is hidden knowledge. The next point of this research form is that it is there to help you free yourself from enslavement with practical, actionable, digestible courses. We post practical online courses that provide solutions to the most important problems people face as individuals, like creating serenity during times of chaos, ending addictions, asserting one's rights and one's abilities against false authorities, cultivating better health, generating greater wealth, forging strong relationships, enlightening one's awareness, and flighting global Satanism. Each course can be finished in one afternoon, yet the practices and insights will stay with you for a lifetime. This is also a place to share controversial research through uncensored discussion. And ultimately, this is one of the last places for truly free speech. There's really only one rule here, and that is that all claims have to be backed up by some form of research or logic or rhetoric, either from your own direct experience or a strong outside uh, source. We don't really care about you being politically correct. We just care about being correct. So don't be afraid to post, and don't be afraid to post something that's controversial. Just don't be surprised if you're acting if you're asked to back up your claims. Lastly, this form is to ask present questions during live events. Uh, You can attend one of our live events or live streams for accountability and interaction. Uh, For many members, these events are the first and only place that they've had where they felt free to discuss their own ideas, dreams, goals, and actions with others in a group. And attending our live events will help you unlock your potential more than anything else. We will send you personalized research to help you tackle mental traps, and we can help you reach your desired goals in business, in relationships, in your health, in your wealth, in your fitness, and just in general in life. We've helped people with so many different situations. We've helped them move out of their parents' house. We've helped them recover from addiction. We've helped them start their dream business and many other things. So if you ever wanted an outside perspective on something you struggle with, especially an outside perspective from two individuals that have an over 150 IQ, we are the best people to contact. So now let's go in. If you're anything like me, chances are there's a four-letter word that's been on your mind lately. No, not that one. Not that one either. The word I'm thinking of is land, you bunch of degenerates. Because no matter where in the world you live, based on the direction that cities are going, with mandates, passports, surveillance, crime, and wokeness gone wild, the countryside is probably looking pretty appealing right now. The only question is, how? Because we're not the only ones having these thoughts. 
And we're not the only people, either individuals or institutions, moving on those thoughts either. So prices are rising for developed land. But what about undeveloped land? No fewer problems there. How to find it. How to buy it. How to do all the paperwork. It's dizzying even thinking about pulling it off as an individual, let alone finding a community. And yet, the call persists. There is an unmet need in the market. Enter the hero of our story, the entrepreneur. The job of the entrepreneur is not to stand on stage and give a speech, debuting a disposable gadget to wild applause. It's not to be photographed for magazine covers or to be acclaimed as a thought leader. As I learned during my entrepreneurial days of the dot-com boom, the real job of an entrepreneur is to identify an unmet need in the market, chase it down, and devour it like a lion chasing his prey. Just like a bodybuilder spends thousands of glamorous hours to stand on stage being glorious in the lights, a true entrepreneur spends thousands of glamorous hours in spreadsheets, white papers, statutes, and lines of code for the chance to make even a preliminary public release of a product. At its best, entrepreneurship can be a genuine act of service. Which brings me to my guest this week. His name is TJ Reeves, and he's, well, he's a lot of things. He's a multi sport athlete trained and published neuroscientist, videographer, psychedelic adventurer, new father, and finally entrepreneur. He's the founder of a startup called Acts Decentralized Real Estate. The name, A-C-T-S, is based on a scene in the biblical book of Acts about a community coming together around a shared spiritual pursuit. So you can imagine right there that TJ and I have a lot to talk about. In our conversation, we discuss the dialogue between sovereignty and arete, or spiritual excellence, and how they manifest in the life of a man. His self-initiation through psychedelics, and his spontaneous awakening to deeper and higher realities, and how they helped him escape from the mental prison of higher education. The ACT's business model, how it works, and what it provides, the reality of the transhumanist agenda which he contributed to, and which you absolutely must be made aware of, and finally, his discovery of the manosphere, and his personal interaction with none other than the good doctor himself, Dr. Jordan Peterson. Now, I don't have a crystal ball, but it seems to me that TJ has found a need in a market, an urgent one in fact, and from what I can tell he's put in the legwork and chased the opportunity down and is going in for the kill. Will he get there? The answer could be up to me and you, but after talking to him for several hours, both on this call and before, I think his pitch might be worth a listen. So it gives me great pleasure to introduce this week's guest on the Renaissance of Men podcast, neuroscientist, psychonaut, and entrepreneur, T.J. Reeves. T.J., thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me on, man. Seriously, this is so exciting. Yeah, you know, uh, our mutual friend uh, Tyrion, I think I think is how his name is pronounced, or, or Tyron, something like that, connected us and he sent me to your Instagram profile and I was like, yes, I got I to gotta talk to that guy. That is a dude I got to get to, I got to pick his brain. So I'm, I'm excited that we finally made this connection. That's awesome, man. Uh, dude, I'm, it's funny that you say that because uh, what do you actually even see there? That's like the toned down version. That is actually the super, super toned down version. But you I mean you 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 tick enough of the buttons, you know. When someone says like God and Jesus Christ in their profile now, especially when they're when they're wearing uh, you know something that looks vaguely military, or talking about family values and stuff, you get a sense of exactly kind of where they're oriented towards. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's funny the language that has to be used in order to take out those values, 
But yeah. right now, let me just say there is a premium on speaking to those values. There's just, mm -hmm. there's men everywhere that are itching, itching to find other people who are able to recognize those values and want to expand forwards and upwards with those values against what everything is being told to us, everything that the state is trying to indoctrinate us with. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. And and there's such a there's such a desire for men to find men who are like them that are willing to speak up publicly about what their about, about what their values truly are. Like, no, stand in the sunlight and say what it is that you believe in, not what you're against. Say what you stand for. And it's very rare to find that. There are a lot of times where I feel like when I encounter some sort of leader or content creator, politician, you know, they're very carefully calibrated to say all these things that they're against, but you'll rarely hear them say what they're for. And when I saw your profile and saw exactly what you were standing for, I was like, yes, okay. Not only is this a man who's courageous because he's standing for something, I agree with what he's standing for. And I stand for that as well. Thank you, man. Thank you. Uh, you know, I'm actually interested in asking a quick question. Sure. If you, if you had to, if you had to summarize it, you know, this is a hard thing to summarize. Would there mm -hmm. be a, a word for you that is like, you know, if you had to like summarize your philosophy or something that could like encapsulate a lot of your values for you, what, what would that be for you? Yeah. Sovereign. Sovereign. Yeah. yeah. Or sovereignty. One of those two words. Yeah. So How about yeah, for you? Me, for me, um, that word is arete. Mm -hmm. It's arete. It's, it's, um, I think from Ab Abraham Maslow, he defines it as what you can be, you must be, mm. right? What you can be, you must be. And uh, I mean, sovereignty is absolutely 100% necessary in order to even do that. You, mm -hmm. you need sovereignty. Like if you can't, if you're not sovereign, if you don't own your space, if you don't own your life, and if you're not responsible, how in the heck can you ever become what you must become? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And if you don't have arete, which I believe translates to excellence, right? But it's some superior, yes. yeah. You can't, unless you have arete, you can't possibly be sovereign because a, a man without that won't ever achieve that state. You won't have the, I guess, the fuel in order to do it. If you're not aspirational, let's say, um, you won't have the inner strength and fortitude to do the things that you need to do in order to actually be sovereign. Yeah, no, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't agree anymore. I couldn't agree anymore. I mean, it's not, you said it's, it's excellence, right? That's the original Greek. It's mm -hmm. excellence to the highest degree of the potential of that thing. Like mm -hmm. the arete of a tree is um, not simply, let's say it's an apple tree. It's to not only produce apples, but it's to produce apples of the absolute highest quality before mm -hmm. it ever goes away, before it ever gets chopped down. The arete of a friendship is that by the end of that relationship, by the end of that friendship, both parties have become better people. You know, they're able to support each other. That is the arete of that. So it's just always interesting to keep in mind, like what is the arete of anything, your own life or anything that you're working on, just always really interesting. Do you have that word hung up somewhere? Because I can picture myself, okay, I, I like that word. Uh, I want to, <laughs> And I want to put it up somewhere because I, I had read, I think Jack Donovan talks about it in one of his books, maybe The Way of Men, which is an excellent book. Um, uh, but now you have me thinking that I want to hang, hang that word up somewhere in my apartment <laughs> so that I can see it all the time, because I like how you, you describe the, um, sorry, there's a Harley just rumbling by yeah, okay. yeah, so the arete of the, the pipes on that one. But, uh, 
I like how you describe the spiritual ultimate fulfillment kind of quality of that word, which isn't necessarily obvious in the in the um, the direct translation of excellence. Yeah, yeah, no. So actually, uh, I didn't have it hung up, but what I did do is I had um, I don't even know what you call them, but it, if you can imagine, it's like a thing where you it's like a little brass. It looks like a washer, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. a little washer made out of brass, and then they stamp it in. I had it for uh, a full two two and a half years, mm-hmm. just uh, around my um my wrist. I broke it one day when I was just, uh, you know, I think I was like deadlifting or something like that. But yeah, I had it like literally tied around my wrist for the longest of times. Um, and it's, it's what I base everything that I do around, like everything. Uh, I mean, we'll talk about acts later, but even before acts, like one of the first projects that I'd ever done. Um, and even before that, like it's something that, that has stuck with me since I was a, even a little kid, like even a little kid, I didn't know the ner- the name for it at all, but mm-hmm. I always was just focused on that. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I actually, well, let's get into a little bit of your history because you know, I've done some research and you and I have talked as well. And I found that you were a high school football player and we've talked about some of your experience in university and in graduate school. Um, and then here you are doing uh, doing a, a crypto, uh, crypto blockchain based land startup, which I would like to get into as well. But so, <laughs> I mean, like let's, let's go from the past up to the present, like, you know, uh, what is the story of TJ? Where was he, where does he, where was he born? I don't usually do this. Like I don't usually get into life (laughs) stories, but I think your life story is is so interesting based on the little bits that I know, like, what is it that made you the man that you are today that is doing the thing that you're doing? Because I think the thing you're doing is fascinating and very much needed. Yeah. So, all right, I'll I'll start off. (laughs) This is going to sound so strange, but I'm actually going to start off with the Disney movie. (laughs) Um, Which one? And of all movies, it's Disney's Hercules. Okay, that okay. is actually one of the most based movies that Disney has ever released. Really? It is fantastic. It is incredible. I still, still will listen to the uh, Hercules soundtrack. Um, specifically, I'll listen to I, I Can Go the Distance on that soundtrack. And okay. the mythology of that movie is top notch. Um, I mean, think, you name me another you know, Disney movie that really talks about uh, you know, a real masculine journey. I think... Um, Lion King does a good job of it, but I think Hercules, right? He, he, from the very beginning knows that he's supposed to find his place amongst the gods. He knows that he's, he's born to be different and it's how, how do you deal with that? And he just tells himself he's going to go the distance. Right. So I watched that kid, like I I watched that as a kid on repeat. And this is not a joke. Like I really, really watched that Mm -hmm. on repeat, like probably once a week. Mm -hmm. And, um, growing up, I was, I was, not just pretty good. Like I was very, very good at sports. Like very, very, very good. Um, I played football, played baseball. I was a, a, a nationally ranked diver. And so I had wow. that mindset that comes along with sports in general. And at the time, you know, I knew that where I could go and where I was headed was going to be towards some form of greatness. I thought at the time, maybe it would end up being, being a professional athlete and then being a doctor or something like that. Because... Um, my dad was actually a doctor. My sister is a doctor. My uncle is a doctor as well. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. My <laughs> oh. other uncle is a doctor as well. So um, I, I grew up around that. So that was always my path. That was always what I thought. Fast forwarding just a little bit more. Um, I like to joke around that I was psyoped, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. What, what was the psyop? So the psyop in this case was a show called Teen Titans that I used to watch when I was a kid. So it's an animated show. It's an animated show and it's essentially, it's a young version of the justice league. So those are like the DC okay. superheroes. They're like the teenage version of them, right? It's like 
DC's answer to the X-Men. So anyways, in the Teen Titans, there is a guy there called Cyborg, okay? And he's half man, he's half machine. Um, Mm -hmm. In fact, if you watch the new Justice League movie, Cyborg's right there, right? Yeah, I was going to say. He was one of the only real black superheroes that I had. And I just, I I thought it was like the coolest thing in the world. Like, I, I thought it was absolutely the coolest thing in the world to have someone like Cyborg because I always thought, man, if I became like Cyborg, if I help people be like Cyborg, I could be the ultimate athlete that I always wanted to be. You know, I could also think faster, think smarter than anything ever in the world. And I was dead set on doing that. So I was, it was like set path. Okay, sports. And I'm going to go not just be a doctor, but work as a neurosurgeon. Mm. And, uh, you know, I I, I pursued it. I pursued Mm. it as hard as I possibly could. So if I fast forward, I went to Johns Hopkins University. I was recruited to the football team. And um, after playing on the football team, I also played for the lacrosse team. So I walked on to the Johns Hopkins lacrosse team. And I eventually got a couple of concussions, so I had to leave both. Mm. And I joined the track and field team. Um, in the meantime, you know, I was uh, working at one of the uh, neuroscience research laboratories, and I did a bunch of brain surgeries on rats. That's all I would do. I'd just do a bunch of brain surgeries on rats. Um, it was this crazy thing where you put something in called an, op- an, op- an optic fiber, right? So it's like what you use to get your internet. And you would actually inject a virus, okay? You would inject a virus into the rats that would then change their neurology to be able to respond to light. And that would make it so that you had these remote controlled rats. So I was doing the sports thing. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> yeah. hold on. Okay, so, so we talked about this before. So I just want to make clear that you injected a virus into these rats that changed their neurochemistry or changed the physical structures of their brain so that you could insert a fiber optic cable into their brain yes. and then use light to control their brain that had been modified by this virus and yes. then remote control rats. Yes. That is a thing. That's a thing. <laughs> what, what, yeah. what, what year was this? This is uh, my, my junior and senior year of college. Junior so, and senior year of college. So like so 2010s be, or something like that? Um, 2015, 2016. Okay. Cool. So, um, you know. It, <laughs> Five years ago, no big deal. The specific thing, the specific thing that you do is, uh, so with optogenetics, you basically, all right, so like you're, you're, the back of your eye, it reacts to light. Mm-hmm. And so you have those retinal cells, you're injecting the genetic code from those retinal cells into any neuronal cell that you'd want. And that's how the whole thing is able to work. Um, so you trick you trick the rat's own body into replicating cells from itself. Yes, yes. And now that it expresses those things, then it's able to react to light, and then you can uh, control and manipulate however you'd like um, that rat. And you see, at the at the time, I very like you can watch the papers. You can r- literally look this up. Okay, I very clearly say, and this can be done potentially for humans in the future. Okay, mm-hmm, sure. So this is not this is now officially anybody listening. This is now firsthand, you know, you're hearing it from the horse's mouth. I'm the guy who helped write the paper. This is not some conspiracy stuff. This is the agenda because I wrote it. <laughs> like, yeah. So we were doing, that's what we we're up to. Um, after I graduated, I, uh, I, uh, I, I hunkered down and uh, I was living in Los Angeles and I started training for American Ninja Warrior and I started studying for the MCAT. All right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
you know, it was, it was a great experience. I got to just literally like sit around just reading books, you know, and studying for the MCAT. And then to, to survive, I would just do photography. So I would just take uh, uh, profile pictures for other people and a couple of profile pictures that would be more than enough to be able to live. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you know, through that process, I had this like, I had this board on my wall where what I'd done was I'd studied the amount of studying necessary, the correlations between the amount of time that a person would study and their MCAT score. And what I determined was that if you hit about 400 hours of study on the MCAT, you could do pretty well. You could hit about like the 85th, 90th percentile. But people who hit the, uh, who hit 500 hours of studying would get into, you know, above the 95th percentile. So I just wrote in 550 hours and I just did 550 hours of study mm-hmm. um, and was able to do that. Got a perfect score on the MCAT and then, you know, uh, submitted my applications and what do you know it, you know, with affirmative action, which is a whole different <laughs> conversation to be talked about. Okay. When you're a black Puerto Rican three sport athlete from Hopkins with a perfect MCAT score, you're going to get into, into some good medical schools, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, even, with, even without the black Puerto Rican part, you still set up pretty well, but that's like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so it was with that, that I finally realized, oh my God, this is evil. And I rejected all of that. And that's Whoa. what sent me off on the path of everything you see now. How can I almost atone for the stuff that I was going to be personally responsible for creating for the thing that I was signing myself up for? Okay. There's, there's so much awesome stuff in there that I want to unpack. Okay. So, uh, so you, you put your applications in and you got accepted, right? So you got accepted to the top flight schools that you had originally really aspired to, to go to, which would be whichever ones you could probably think of. What was, when did you actually realize that like, wait a minute, this is evil. Like walk me through that thought process or that time period or that moment, because I like that's a hugely transformative moment because there are so many people that would have been in your exact position who'd be like, doors open, the world is now mine and go flying and go flying through it. And it's not like you didn't earn it. You know, like you, you had, you had earned your place. You had put in the 500 hours of study. That wasn't someone else who did the 500 hours, right? You were still on the field in three sports. Like no one else got those concussions for you. You know what I mean? So you earned it. And yet you were still given the keys essentially to the kingdom or at least the front door of the kingdom. And you realized in that moment that it was evil. Like walk me through that because that's, that's incredible. So, well, you might appreciate this, Will. Okay. Uh, but what what played a major part in that was doing my own experiments with various psychedelics, including uh, okay. psilocybin, mm-hmm. LSD, and my personal favorite, five amino DMT. Oh, we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> and I had a, a trip where it became outrageously clear to me, outrageously clear to me that we do in fact live in the matrix. We do in fact have to deal with major issues of consciousness. We are in fact enslaving ourselves and it is in fact artificial intelligence connected to the human brain that is ultimately going to play the 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 biggest part in this whole puzzle. It is the checkmate part of this puzzle. You know, what I'd, I'd said at the beginning, I said, look, it's, it's going to sound weird, but, you know, it kind of, my story does start with that Disney movie of uh, of Hercules. 
I -hmm. sat there and I cried upon realizing, no, you're not the hero in the story. Like it just, it was just, it ranked in my head again and again and again. I'd been reading books like Way of Superior Man, just Mm -hmm. so many different books, but it was just so painfully obvious to me. It was like, if you do this, you are not the hero in this story. If you do this, you are not, you are the villain. Like that was soul crushing, soul crushing. Wow. Well, okay, so okay, so through experiments with with psychedelics and entheogens, you you came to to perceive the reality of the matrix for yourself and recognize that by walking the path that was laid out in front of you, you were essentially giving over your skills and your gifts to the the furtherance of essentially the transhumanist agenda, and you yes. recognize that you were preparing to be a willing instrument for that. Yes. Wow. Can you, I, I'm actually curious about if, if you want to, if you can walk through one of the specific trips or one of the memories where that kind of crystallized, where that crystallized for you. Yes. I, uh, so one, uh, one of them, um, I was laying there and, uh, I remember having just the vast deep realization, the vast deep realization of how interconnected everyone is like really, really, really interconnected. We're all sovereign. Natural law absolutely applies. Do not think I'm some hippy dippy, do whatever you want, but, but we are vastly interconnected. Right. Mm-hmm. And I thought, why is this not told? Why is this not, why is this not something that's like grade school? Right. Mm-hmm. It was just so obvious to me. Like there's something horribly wrong, horrifically wrong that psilocybin is banned. It's something horrifically wrong that these things are not discussed, that the nature of consciousness is not discussed. Mm-hmm. And within, you know how it can be. You make a connect, it's a fractal pattern of thoughts, right? So one connection to the next connection to the next connection. And I realized, I said, oh, wow, it's because it's by design. It's mm-hmm. by design. It's part of the nature of the game. Now, on the one hand, you know, on the one hand, I could sit there and I could argue, and I, I do realize this, that if you if you really take ultimate responsibility like to its furthest level i mean you take it to its absolute extreme absolute extreme the concept of ultimate responsibility it naturally leads to the realization well therefore i must be responsible so how am i responsible for this mm-hmm. right yeah i cuz i you know again fractal thoughts this is all happening within seconds so i was like wait a minute why oh, is okay. nobody discussing this I'm kind of, wait, ultimately I'm responsible. How am I responsible? What am I doing? That's my actions that are leading to all of this mess that we currently see out there. Who's benefiting? Why are they benefiting? How are they benefiting? What's going on with all of this stuff? Oh, oh, it's because if it's not taught, there's more control. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's because there are people who have lost their souls. Oh, it's because they shut down their consciousness. Oh, it's been like that for a long, long time. Fuck. Yeah. That is like, that is, that is as concise and instantaneous red pill as I think I've ever heard. Like a <laughs> self-administered red pill, you know, <laughs> really. I mean, like normally what happens is, is, I mean, that, that flash of awakening tends to happen in people pretty quickly, even in sober states when they're confronted with a piece of information, for example, that, that contradicts their, their, let's just say worldview slash cosmology, right? It's like it, this awakening process gets triggered and go very quickly. But I, but like that's actually Neo's experience from from the film in a way is like that instantaneous you know binary you know awakening point. I don't think I've ever heard anyone describe it in that um, in that short a time frame before. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, like, yeah. so like you're going through this and you're seeing all this and you're literally, literally awakening, like capital A awakening. Like, well, when, when you came back, okay. So now I get when you came back to, to reality, where were you? Were you like at home? Were you in the desert? Were you in a forest or something like I that? I was, uh, I was in my room. I had a, uh, apartment over at the foothills of Runyon Canyon in Los Angeles. Okay. Um, sort of a natural environment. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was just, it was just like, okay, what do I do with this? The first thing I did was I tried to scramble and tried to write it down in the, in a book. Yeah. You know, my friends make fun of me still because I would freak out over my journal because I would just write viciously, just <laughs> like, yeah, like sure. a madman, you know, into my journal, just trying to like get it out until I realized you actually can't, you can't put into words the absolute and it'll make you go insane if you try to. So yeah. I just, I stopped after a while, but I just knew like, man, I have to do something. Like I have to put this into action somehow, some way. Mm -hmm. Um, so I thought the, the next step was, okay, wait a minute. Like I, this, this, you know, neurosurgery thing, this is not gonna be a thing. By the way, I mean, to, for anybody listening in, like the context of just how much, like I was into this, like there is a YouTube video sitting around of me applying to work at Neuralink for Elon Musk. Like I did a video application to go work at, at Videolink. So that is some, that is out somewhere. Um, I, I don't know. It's floating probably on YouTube or something like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I just knew like, man, I'm not, I'm not doing this. So I did know that I had a deep, deep, deep understanding of psychology, deep, deep, deep understanding of psychology. Um, and, you know, with my interest in psychedelics, you know, you're coming out of, you know, MCAT world or pre-med world. Mm -hmm. Most people, what do they do? They scramble just for more education. If you don't know anything about entrepreneurship, which I really didn't at the time, um, I just scrambled for more uh, you know, education in that matter. So I tried to go get a PhD and I went back to Johns Hopkins and I worked at the dynamic perceptions laboratory over at Hopkins, um, because they were connected into some different studies on psychedelics and things like that. And they were mm. like one step away as well to the Roland Griffiths laboratory, which is famous for, um, you know, getting studies out there on, uh, therapies, especially for PTSD and things like that with psilocybin. Um, I think they have a, a Ted talk somewhere out there. You'll see Roland Griffiths talking about that. So went there and, you know, suffice it to say that like the, the, the best way I could put it is that they're doing baby shit, right? They're doing baby shit. They're doing yeah. baby shit. You know, here I am on my own, you know, taking five, six, seven, eight, nine grams, right. <laughs> or, 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 or of, uh, of, of mushies, right. Jesus. But they're they're that's playing a, around. It's a heroic dose. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the technical literal definition of a heroic dose. Really? Yeah, man. I wanted to become a man, man. <laughs> <laughs> that is, you know, you should listen to my podcast with uh, Alpha Starseed. He was one of the guys. You should follow him on on Instagram. He's incredible. <laughs> he did something similar. I think he took like several tabs of acid and like oh eight grams goodness. of mushrooms up at Mount Shasta in Northern California and had an, and, and had an encounter with Archangel Michael. He goes into it in my podcast. It's wild. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this is self and this is, this is self initiation. This is what men do. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, oh, eight grams of mushrooms. I got it. So Good yeah, so <laughs> they're there and they're playing with baby shit. Like they're <laughs> writing papers about 0.25. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm sitting there you know, I'm sitting there when they're arguing about, oh, well, this study is a good study, but we don't know because of the controls, because it's point two. I'm like, get out of here. I just knew I was like, I need to get out of that. <laughs> you can't even put mail in my mailbox for point two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. 
point two five. That's a joke, man. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. You get that in a mushroom supplement from like Joe Rogan or something. I don't know. It's like that's nothing, man. If I sneeze on you, you get point two five. Yeah, exactly, dude. Yeah, dude. If I use a PCR test, I'll get point two five. I bet you. I'll test positive for point two. Exactly. Just uh, you don't even need that many cycle that many cycles in the cycle threshold. Exactly. Exactly. So the point is, I'm there, and I'm just like. Dude, I mean, I'm telling you, like academia, like they're doing nothing. I just realized like, wow, this is a joke, right? Because mm-hmm. these are like the, fa- these are the most forward, this is Hopkins, okay? Mm-hmm. They're known for nothing else but just, you know, studies upon studies upon studies, okay? Especially psychological studies, especially mm-hmm. biological studies. And and it was just, I knew it was a farce and it's completely owned um, because, you know, you talk to any one of the students and they're always talking about funding. How am I going to get funding this? I yeah. need to make this paper that I need to get the funding here. All of this, right? It's a complete mm-hmm. joke. And so you realize real fast, like, oh, wow, wait a minute. Whoever is providing the funding is going to dictate the terms. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So I'm there and I'm like, all right, so I need to get out of this, but I don't know any, I don't know, you know, very much about business other than like I made a couple of bucks just to be self, you know, just, uh, what's, what's the word for it? You know, subsistent, subsistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, self, self-supporting something. Yeah. Like that. Self-supporting, yeah. um, my photography work. So, I'd read this book um, by Robert Greene. It's called it's called Mastery, mm-hmm. and I mean, look, I'll give you the summary of the whole book for six hundred pages. He just goes get a get a mentor, 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 right? The whole time, it yeah, gives you sure. a, a billion different stories of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all right, you know. It's a good book. There's other stuff that's better than that that he writes. But anyways, so when you I need to get a mentor in uh, in entrepreneurship, so. I just went onto Instagram and I started, you know, trying to just look up different entrepreneurs who would be interested in having someone that they could mentor, right? Um, and ex- in exchange, what I would do is I would use my skills in photography and video to film their life. And basically, I could, you know, just film their life and I'd be able to learn from them and everybody that they go talk to. And in exchange, I get to learn all that stuff too. And Eventually, I did find an entrepreneur who was willing to do a project like that. His name is Tyler Jack Harris, and we created something called the Daily Bread Podcast. So, uh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's not it's not like ridiculously huge, but it was in the same vein as like um, the Daily V at the time. Gary Vaynerchuk and his Daily V videos; those were like huge uh, mm-hmm. during that time period. So, um, I actually messaged Tyler, and you know, literally, literally. From one day to the next, I remember like messaging him. We had a good conversation on the phone. And then he just calls me up. He's like, dude, I have this opportunity. So this isn't, I'm in Baltimore. He tells me, hey, I have this opportunity. I'm about to go to a um, talk. I'm going to have E.T. the Hip Hop Preacher and Gerard Adams and uh, just a bunch of different people who are going to be giving speeches there. I want to film the whole thing. And it's going to go down tonight in New York. And I'm like, what? So I had to make that decision that day. Like, okay, am I going to just leave this just PhD program and just go off to film this random entrepreneur's life? And I decided, yes. (laughs) Good for you. That's awesome. So yeah. So literally from one day to the next, I was just like, all right, like, you know, just made the transition over, um, just packed up my stuff and just got out of there. That's so good. Um, And you know, it was, it was incredible filming his life and learning from him. And I got to meet 
you know, so many different people. Sean Whalen was was great to me. Oh, he's great. Andy Frisella, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, mm. um, uh, Patrick Bet David was there for an interview. Just so many different amazing people and so many different things that I could I could really experience. But the most important one was that I really started to get my feet wet in the manosphere during that time mm. period. Um, because just over time, like it was it was breaking down so many things that I'd previously thought. Um, living there, living in the South, meeting all of those men and literally getting to have one-on-one conversations with them about just life and, and the different things that happen, uh, throughout a person's life. So, so you were doing the research on rats. I'm just, I'm just tracking the dates because uh, <laughs> they might line up with me as well. Research on rats around 2015, 2016. And then you had your experience, uh, with the five MEO, uh, what your awakening experience and you were in LA and that was yeah, in 2017, 2017. And then, so, uh, and then, so you make the natural transition. Like I can't do this. Uh, I can't do this, uh, this transhumanist thing. And so you make the transition to researching psychedelics, trying to, trying to, you know, make good on your academic you know, educational background and transition to something more aligned with your values, which makes sense. By the way, how did that go with your parents when, you, well, if you even told them like I'm leaving, going to med school and I'm going to be a PhD instead. So, um, they were, they were floored. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Um, they were like, what the heck? Um, sure are you taking drugs? <laughs> like, As a matter of fact. I plead the fifth. <laughs> I'm taking my rights. I'm an American. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, I think there's a Chappelle show episode where he goes, one, two, three, four, fifth. <laughs> I'll take my fifth. <laughs> you guys need to know, by the way, that uh, TJ's wearing a cowboy hat right now, so you can just picture that in your mind. So he's playing fifth as an American, he's got his cowboy hat on, so he's he's congruent in that way. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, they kind of see it as like, on the one hand, they're surprised, but on the other hand, they're kind of not surprised. Oh, okay. You know, because I'm, I'm prone to doing kind of like weird, nutty stuff like that anyways. Sure. I mean, and up to that point, I, I mean, they would see me go off on long rants about artificial intelligence anyways. Okay. Um, and so like that was kind of normal. It was just like, oh, well, of course he's just doing that. They, they always knew I was like a high, uh, high risk tolerance individual. Like they always mm-hmm. just knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, just everything that I would do. Um, so yes, they were surprised. But on the other hand, it wasn't like, let's end these relationships. Sure. We'll say though, to be able to segue and move forward though, there are some relationships that did get ended, um, you know, during my experience while I was learning to be an entrepreneur. And, and by the way, I'd like to, to definitively say like what happened with, with my decision to become an entrepreneur um, mm-hmm. and, and with regards to being a PhD. It was actually a very numerical decision. I literally calculated it out. You see the average PhD student, the average PhD student takes seven years in order to earn their PhD. Mm-hmm. And throughout that entire time, they might earn a pittance, if not actually end up paying money to the school. Like, so you, you have to get a scholarship and then you, you might get a payout a little bit. And I just looked at it and I was like, look, in seven years, okay, me trying to get money from the government to do, you know, this real work, okay, which they're not going to, they're not going to fund the real stuff, right? In that seven years, I literally could just learn stuff about business, fail seven years in a row and probably mm-hmm. make more money than I would ever make you know, trying to go get funding from someone else and I'll just fund my own experiments. Mm -hmm. That was my thought process. I could just fund my own experiments, 
the way that they used to in the old times. Like if you look at the real, like the, the scientists you actually respect, okay, the ones you really respect, like in the old days, okay, they funded that stuff on their own. Like the guy who wrote the periodic table, he funded that on his own, all right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was, that was my thought process in dropping out of that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on there a second. Are, are you saying, are you saying that science is dead? Are you saying that? Cause it sounds like you're saying that. Oh, I am. I am saying that I saw the corpse, man. Oh man. <laughs> it was a stinky, stinky corpse. I know where the bodies are buried. Yeah. Yeah. And there's uh, there's, there's government money all over the corpse. Oh, <laughs> government. And well, I mean, you know, Neuralink is, you know, it's not just government money that's coming into stuff like that. Like it's, it's money from a very dark place. Let's put it that very way. Very dark place. Very, 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 very dark place. Yeah. I just, I want to take a moment to honor you for your integrity. Like that's a really, <laughs> that's a really big deal. There are a lot of people who, um, who would be in your position, who would enthusiastically uh, take the ticket right? And there are other people that would willfully blind themselves to what they were doing. Like, for example, all the people who work at Boston Dynamics, you know, that-, that, yeah. that Oh my gosh, don't get yeah, me right? started on dude. Exactly. Don't even get me started on them, man. Get started, man. Like, I'll tell you, like every, I will walk up to even, I'll walk up to the receptionist at the front desk of that organization and say, you are a traitor to humanity. I will, I will tell, I will tell that person that. And it's like the people who work there undoubtedly at the very top, like, ha ha ha, we're building our Skynet robots, you know, but there are some people that must willfully blind themselves to to what's going on there, assuming that their videos aren't CGI in the first place, which they might be, but still. They might be, but he, he, I mean, either way. I mean, they also think we're idiots too, by the way. It's not only oh, that, not only, not only do they blind themselves, but they also arrogantly think we're idiots. Like I saw one, um, one of the latest commercials, it was like a minute or two minutes long. And they claimed that the, their little robot dog was for construction projects. They were like, yeah, you can, you can see the <laughs> progress on a building construction with the little <laughs> robot dog. And oh, I was just I like, see. and they, there were literal humans standing around there. So I'm like, why wouldn't you just, you know, yeah. just send a guy <laughs> with an iPhone <laughs> and yeah. just be like, all right, here's, here's the project. Here's what's going on here. No, we have to get the, the evil robot dog in order to do that. That's right. But they, they, but it looks so, it looks so friendly with its little cute little emotions. Like, yeah, oh, right. that won't be menacing <laughs> at all. Go. I highly recommend everyone go play Half-Life 2 and half, and then episodes one and two after that, if you want to, if you want a good perspective on robot dogs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. you know, uh, uh, just for a little bit of uh, dystopianism there, I did actually see an article. I didn't click in it. I didn't read through, but like in Hawaii, you know, where they have all kinds of crazy COVID stuff going on, they actually have those little robot dogs with little temperature sensors, sensors attached to them now that that are going wow. through the homeless population of, of Hawaii. Someone only did Google that and check. I'll, I'll verify, but I did see a, a screenshot wow. of a headline. They have those robot dogs checking the homeless population temperatures. Dude, yeah, I, like, I, I try to tell myself I'm not going to be surprised, and yet I still get surprised. <laughs> I like, know, I know. You know, like, I know where they're headed. You know, I know the end of the movie. Still surprised. Yeah, well, they, still they managed sh- to get surprised. They showed us the end of the movie, like the end, of the, like they showed us what when the when did the Matrix come out? That was like summer two thousand, summer nineteen ninety nine. Like they showed us that. Yeah, and by the way, I actually, I, you know, now that you say that, I like to maintain. A lot of people they use the Matrix as a great reference. It is filled with great allegories, no, no mm-hmm. question about that. But mm-hmm. I like to be very clear. A lot of people think that that was done for our benefit. That was not okay. <sighs> it was done one hundred percent so that they have no excuses. Okay, so that they say, look, we literally showed you the movie. We gave you the exact timeline, how it was going to play out, what it was going to look like, everything. And you still managed to ignore it. Okay, that's the way these people think. You think that they're going to just fund a 
I mean, how much money, how much money was in that? What I think it was, I think it's above 350 to $400 million in production costs. Really? For that film at the time? I'm talking about all three. If you, if you have all three, sure. Yeah. yeah, You have all three, it's gotta be 300 to 400 million. Oh yeah. um, Completely along that ballpark. Right. There's, you're not going to do that if you don't have some type of a thing attached to it. They're not going to just let that slip. It doesn't work that way. It really doesn't just work that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and the Matrix and Fight Club came out the same summer or something like that. Like all these movies is the the, rev, the revelation of the method. You know, it's like we will show you how the trick works and then we'll proceed to do the trick on you. It's like, well, we told you and you know, get what you pay for. Yeah, man. Yeah. So 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 just to finish the thought, by the way, so just to honor you and your integrity and, and sticking <laughs> up for, for what you believe in and taking and taking conscious action to to turn the wheel of your life in a conscious direction, because most people will never exert that kind of free will over their own destinies. So I just want to say I applaud you. Thank you, man. Thank you. And 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 to you too, by the way. I mean Thank you. I've 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 heard about how you've been going out, I mean, and capturing these moments and capturing these people's lives, right, mm. in the manosphere that no one else wants to touch mainstream certainly doesn't want to touch, you know, in terms of, you know, really getting that word out there. A lot of people are way too scared to actually do it and to be able to weave a tapestry in a way that again, nobody else is actually doing in a very Mm -hmm. important manner. Like, I mean, the last time someone even attempted, it was what there was like, uh, it was, was, I mean, there was the red pill documentary, but there was another Mm -hmm. thing. It was like on censorship or something like that. It wasn't quite the same thing. It wasn't quite the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I actually, I actually met Cassie J, uh, who made the Red Pill documentary. She's, she's lovely. We had a great conversation. Yeah, yeah, man. So, Thank you. so okay, so where we're at here is, I went and I, you know, I started filming the life of uh, one of my business mentors, and I got to understand a lot more about manhood and about entrepreneurship mm-hmm. and marketing and polarization. I think if there was one big thing that I really understood, it I understood the importance of polarization in marketing, you know, not being afraid to disqualify people who are dead weight when it comes to whatever it is that you might be marketing dead weight in one, in terms of whatever, uh, whatever your message is in your marketing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it did come at a cost, you know? Um, so I mentioned my parents didn't really care too much about the changes that I was making, but my sister most certainly did. Most Older certainly sister, did. younger sister. Uh, she's an older sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's eight years my older, oh, and wow. uh, she she's pretty bad. I, I will give her credit where credit is due. She's pretty badass. Um, uh, I, I, you know, I mentioned she was a doctor, but the reality of what she did was she actually um, she graduated. <laughs> I mean, this is all you need to know, right? Mm-hmm. She graduated medical school, became a lieutenant in the army, and got married in the same weekend. <laughs> In the same weekend. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's kind of like the type of A, a, a player mindset that she has. So I'll, I'll give her credit where credit is due on that one. <laughs> I mean, we couldn't have more opposite views. We couldn't possibly have oh more opposite views. And we, we've talked a little bit about that before, Will. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just having conversations with, with people, it did cost me that relationship because sure. she thought they were a threat. Like, you know, I'd had a conversation with Jordan Peterson, mm-hmm. you know, um, a one-on-one private conversation with him. And that was seen as me meeting with the enemy, you know, me meeting with like the worst person in the world, you know, a person who is brainwashing men and turning oh, them yeah. down a bad path. So. Oh, I, I, yeah, I know. I can imagine them. Um, 
I mean, when you're talking to Andy Frazella and, and, and guys like that and Jordan Peterson, like you're, you're all the way in it. You're all, and Sean Whalen, especially like Sean Whalen is advanced manosphere. Like he's graduate level, he's graduate level <laughs> manosphere. Like new guys in the manosphere cannot take Sean Whalen, you know, but I think he's, I think he's awesome. So he I mean, awesome. when you get around guys, like when you get around super high powered guys like that and they hear your story, I mean, they'll probably be hugely enthusiastic to share everything, uh, everything that they know with you. Exactly. Exactly. Well, talk about that conversation with Jordan Peterson, because, um, I mean, I don't know a whole lot of people that have had one-on-one conversations with him. Yeah. So, I mean, first off, throughout the entire thing, I was completely and totally starstruck. Completely and totally. Okay. Like, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I told myself I'd be calm. I was not. I was not at all. Okay. Like, I was, thank you for coming on, uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson. Do you say Jordan? I don't know. Peterson? I don't know. <laughs> um, but, fair. But, totally fair. But so what had happened was, okay, so um, I worked with uh, my mentor and then I started creating my own thing on the side. Uh, what I was doing was I was creating a uh, life assessment, right? A life assessment tool. Um, and this life assessment tool would be a compendium or a, it would be an annexation of all of the best psychological examinations that currently exist out there. So not mm-hmm. just the big five personality tests, but actually like the, uh, the, the hex personality test, okay? Um, the dark triad, okay, which is that tells you uh, your levels in Machiavellianism, narcissism, and psychopathy. Okay, it would it had a depression scale, it had an anxiety scale, it had a scale on like basically where you fit with your relationships. It had questions about money. Okay, that you know these were basically questions that I'd picked up after talking to all of those different individuals about entrepreneurship and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, and these questions, they were, these were deep, 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 deep questions that were in there in that examination, okay? So here's an example of things that you would be asked, okay? Imagine taking a 500-question exam, and that's how long it was, 500-question exam that would ask you questions like, how many friends do you have that if you told them the absolute truth, they would no longer speak to you? I would love a test like that. <laughs> <laughs> it would ask questions. Um, sometimes it would ask questions about just like, do you know what's going on? Like, uh, here was the, okay, you're not going to believe this. Okay. For, for, Try uh, me. Try people, me. For people uh, 25 and below, okay, 80% of the time who had taken this, okay, people 25 and below, I asked them, <laughs> strongly agree to strongly disagree. If we just took all of the money in the United States, and then evenly distribute it to everybody, America would be better off. 80% of people said yes. <laughs> they would <I> strongly agree. <laughs> I mean, I literally just described communism. They were like, yep. Man, we got to do that, right? <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> Sign me wait, up. Wait, I, not I asked, my money, right? You don't mean my money, right? <laughs> you mean other people. I asked questions like, um, uh, how, how many times a week um, do you watch porn to completion, including orgasm? Okay. Average answer, okay. five out of seven days a week. Average what? answer. Average. This is, this is, there's only seven days. <laughs> yes. There's only seven days. Yes. Was this for men and women or was this gen, this is divided by gender? I, I, it would just, it would simply be men and women. There were, there was some uh, question logic that would uh, allow for some question for women and stuff like that. 
Okay. Um, for example, there's some questions would switch. Like if you're a male, it would ask you about questions. Like it would ask in a different order questions about your relationship with your mother, your relationship with your father. Um, oh, uh, you know, the vast majority of people, a good number of people, you'd be surprised how many people they still lived at home with their parents. Still, you know, they uh, they saw no way to move upwards. I asked them, you know, uh, could you find a way? Could you find a way to make an extra thousand dollars over the next month if you if pressed? Um, vast majority said no. <laughs> like, I mean, this was the state of the world at the time. So, anyways, this that's what five, I was discussing. With this was 500, 500 question. This five hundred question exam is what you were discussing, or the nature of the answers that you had received. I was, dis- or? I was discussing kind of like the setup behind it. Okay, I was discussing also. Um, you know, one thing I discussed, I presented to him a theory I had about Abraham, Abraham Maslow's self actualization pyramid because it's actually incomplete. People don't know this. Okay. So I was presenting that to him. He he thought that part was he thought that was genius. Actually, he actually said it was a, it was he he was like I've never in all my years I've never once <laughs> never once thought of it that way. So he was wow. pretty blown away by that, and uh, cool. just talked about you know the feasibility of these questions and stuff like that. Wow, that's that's awesome. Okay, so real quick though about the did you did you present him the question how many people would how many friends would you lose if you, they knew the absolute truth about what, what you think? Like, did you, did you talk about the nature of these questions in specific with him or the overall construction of the thing? It was, it was the overall, the biggest thing that I talked about was the overall construction. The biggest okay. thing, like I didn't, I didn't, I wish, dude, if, imagine if I actually had him be able to sit down and take the whole thing. I wish, I wish, I, it would be fascinating. It would be fast. I would love, I would love to give that to everybody, man. If I could, I would oh. just get psychological profiles of, I want Elon Musk. I would, co- I would collect him like Pokemon, right? I would get him like, you know, like, yeah. boom, I just got your data, bang, you know, fantastic. You know, now we know um, so that we could, you know, construct things upwards. But no, the biggest thing was the, the feasibility of putting together the studies, um, also relating them to, you know, uh, neurofeedback and, you know, again, uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs and the, the new way of seeing things with regards to that. And that's really what he saw. It was just the overall study design. Because that's kind of what you discuss most because you just don't have time in an hour to be sure, able to yeah. talk about every single you know one of those questions. Right. What was your takeaway from talking with him beyond your reaction to his, uh, I guess, virtual presence probably? Yeah. Virtual presence, so yeah. In, in person, in talking to him just like regularly, um, because I was so used to seeing him in his speeches, he's in his element with with his speeches, but he's just, a, he's a very, 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 very polite and calm man. Like very, very polite and calm man. He's animated during the speeches, but in, in real conversation, like he's, well, you know, he, he I can't even do his accent, but he, it's like a very, he's, it's just like, it's like a calm, like it's like a, like a calm uh, type of like cadence when he speaks to, to you. Mm-hmm. And he's also very clear about stuff like what he likes, what he doesn't like, very like quick and obvious. Like he said, you know, he was very clear about like, well, this is good. This is bad. This is good. This is bad. This is good. This is really good. This is really bad. <laughs> stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, and yeah, that was, that was absolutely fantastic to be able to have the opportunity. That's have. amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, you've been around some, some pretty, um, some pretty incredible dudes and, or at least, you know, gotten some time to, to spend direct, directly communicating with them. Yeah. No, I, I will, the rest, for the rest of my life, I always look back at that time period. I mean, it was like about a year, right? About a year or so, just all those people met, like that is definitely formative to, you know, how I even approach things nowadays and how I think about things. This was what, like 2018, 2019, something like yes, that? Yes. This would be about 2018, 2019. 
That's right. About the summer of 2018, I think, is when I discovered the manosphere formally, or maybe the spring around that time. So yeah, same, same for me. I think it seems to be a time that many men started gravitating towards it. So, so what began to shift in you as you began getting around? Um, as you, I mean, you had played sports, so you had been around masculine men before, and you had, you know, initiate you had self initiated with your uh, psychedelic journey. So it wasn't totally foreign to you. But what sort of things began to shift in you at this when you started meeting men like this? Um, so the biggest thing that I would realize is just how people cut themselves off by playing the game small and mm-hmm. just being very, very scared to do stuff, mm-hmm. you know, just very, very, very scared to do stuff. And I know a lot of people, they like to talk all the time about like, never, ever quit. Like, don't quit. Actually, no, I, I realized real fast. I was like, wow, you know what? These guys are like, they're pretty good at quitting stuff, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like, how to put it? <laughs> I don't want to say cutting losses, but more just like recognizing, hey, I'm not going to be the best in the world at this thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be the best in the world at this thing. Therefore, I should just move over to something that I am going to be the best in the world at. And, and recognizing that there's no shame in polarizing, no shame at all, and being very clear on your message as you proceed forward. And if you do those two things, if you, are fo- if you ask yourself, like, am I going to be really the best in the world at whatever that thing is? I mean, you best in the world could be like, it could be best in the world as a doctor in Miami. I'm just saying, right. Mm-hmm, it could be sure. best in the world at, you know, a certain type of, it could be something like that. Um, asking yourself that. And then once you've done that and you've recognized really truly what your values are, do not be afraid to be very, very clear about what those values are. In fact, double down, triple down on those things. And then lastly, get results. If you, if you do those, if you do that last thing, if you get results, right? And you just are able to show uh, example after example after example, testimonial after testimonial after testimonial of a person doing well, you're, you're golden. I mean, you're, it's, it's crazy. That was like one of the biggest things I realized, like just every single one of them, they'd be successful having gotten results for other people, being very clear about their message, double down, doubling down on that. And, you know, again, just focusing on the craft mm-hmm. and doubling down on the craft more and more and more. I can totally validate both of those because I have a I have a background in marketing and branding. And so and that shows up when you look at the Renaissance of Men brand like a lot of a lot went into that. And the, the, but the first rule of branding or at least logo development which is the core of branding in many ways um, the most visible aspect of it is you have to decide exactly who your customers are. You have to imagine your customer avatar or avatars if you have, for example, two, but primarily just one, and you design it specifically for that that person. You, you've envisioned who your actual customer is. It doesn't matter who. I mean, normally it should be research-driven, right? Like who is the market? And you try to understand them and their hobbies. And you actually envision a real person like a real person in three dimensions, like, you know, their age, their background, education, income, interests, you just envision who this person is. And then you design your brand to appeal to that person. It's not to appeal necessarily to you because you might not be your ideal customer, but you design it to appeal to that person, even to the, and it's more powerful, the more people the brand excludes, right? So it's, it's like, if you just laser target it, for that person, your brand will be more powerful and clear. If you try to be everything to everyone, you won't appeal to anybody. But for some reason, who knows what the magic is, the more specifically targeted that your brand is to laser focused to one particular person, the more universality your brand will achieve. And and that's sort of paradoxical, but you discovered that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
So then, so you're so you're discovering the manosphere, and you're talking to Andy Frazella and, and Jordan Peterson, and you're in, and you have what was your your entrepreneur's name? Um, His uh, name's Tyler. Tyler, Tyler, yeah, Tyler Jack Harris. And he's and he's he's rolling with with rappers in New York City and stuff like that. And so you're just <laughs> wow, that's incredible. <laughs> you're going from 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 top flight med school uh, to. Uh, to studying psychedelic research, even though it's baby shit, it's still cutting edge psychedelic <laughs> research as far as most of them concerned. To you know, videography for an entrepreneur and Eddie Frazella and, and talking to Jordan Peterson all at this in, in a very short span of time. Like that's an incredible journey. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was pretty nuts. It was pretty nuts. Um, but you know, I, I you know I look back on it fondly, but at the same time, like that whole time, like it was scratching and clawing and scratching and clawing, and it was like setting up you know, the infrastructure for everything that, you know, I'm, I'm building now with the, with the latest project with Axe. And, you know, it feels like when I look back at everything, I might have seemingly looked like I had like a random journey. Sure. But I see right. it as me picking up different skills and picking up different awarenesses that now I, I truly, with this project, I feel everything. It's like a culmination of all of these different points, just all at once. That's all. And, and that's that's how you know you found your true purpose or calling when it's not only the bridge to get to the next phase of your life, but somehow it's the summation of everything that came before in this creative in this creative and 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 way that synthesizes it that makes that makes it all make sense uh, in a way that it wouldn't have. Uh, and so that's been my experience. But so okay, so let's talk about this project because this is this is right on the on on the the forefront of many of my friends' thought about what's the next stage for, for us in our lives. And so just dive right into it and I'll have questions as we go. Yeah, man. <clears throat> so <sighs> the best way that I can simply say it is to anybody listening to this, I, I would really, really like just pause and pay attention for like a second. Okay. Mm -hmm. We are beyond having someone come in and try to save you. All right. I don't know who you are listening to this, but I need you to really viscerally, viscerally feel this. We are beyond anybody coming in and sweeping you off your feet like a little damsel in distress, all right? How many times have we relied on someone else to come in and just take care of it for us, all right? Oh, if I, what, what you think you're gonna vote around this issue? Do you really see, do you really think that everything that's going on, we need to vote around the issue? Do you really believe that what we need to do is have yet another little march? It's going to be another march because that's worked in the past, right? Do you really believe like it's going to go back to normal? It's going to be all okay, all right? I, I have to say that because until a person just has that realization, everything else I say is gobbledygook. All right. Everything mm -hmm. else I say might as well just be a, a fart in the wind. Okay. Mm -hmm. We are beyond that. And to go a little bit deeper. Okay. What's going on right now is that our, our natural law rights are being trampled. Our rights at the level of natural law. Okay. The non-aggression principle. Okay. What your rights even are, right? People don't even know what rights even are. But your rights in terms of self-defense are also being trampled. And, and most people have made it that far, but they haven't connected the third thing. That your rights, natural law, right? They're not going to play at all. They're not going to do anything in your life if you haven't set up 
self-sustainability. If you are being abused, which you are, okay? A lot of people were, were being abused. Their rights are being abused, okay? You cannot keep complaining about your abuser if you go back to your abuser, okay? Yeah, sorry, I, I, it's 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 the clearest way, okay? If I have a if I have a girl, he she goes, he keeps on beating me, he keeps on beating me all the time, okay? But so why don't you just leave him? Oh, he feeds me. Oh, he you know he he gives me a house. And he gives me this and he gives me- Okay, well, you know what? I don't feel bad for you anymore. Sorry, it's the truth. Yeah. yeah. That is what's currently going on. Okay, we would do something if we were self-sustaining. We would do something if we were self-sufficient, if we no longer relied on the government tit. Okay, but we do. Let's all admit it. Let's all admit it. We all do. All right? Mm-hmm. Look at the average city in America. Okay? I need three days. You give me three days with the average city in American, they're going to run out of food. They're going to run out of water. Okay, groceries are gone. If I shut things down for three days in the average city, mm-hmm. can you believe that? Okay. <laughs> with where things are headed, okay? I, I was having a conversation with a friend the other day, okay? And he could not believe when I was like, yeah, look, it's, it is within the realm of possibility interstate travel to be shut down. I know that sounds crazy. But it is entirely possible. If they made a big enough excuse, you mm-hmm. know, people were sitting there, no, there's no way. There's no way. I did the math, okay? I did the math. If I took uh, the military budget, okay, $764 billion a year, okay, <laughs> uh, it averages out to about like two, two and a half billion dollars per day, okay? That means that within about three days, that budget, okay, that would be more than enough to put a hundred different booths worth at least a million dollars on every single major highway in all of the United States. If I so want it. Okay. So we are at a point where really you have to start developing self-sustainability in your life. Now that we have the context, let's talk about acts. Okay. It's a very simple project. It's a very, very, very simple project. I've tried explaining it long ways, but I saw this one meme. Okay. And it, it explains it perfectly. Okay. Let's just, all buy land, okay? <laughs> Just buy a large pot of land, okay? And go live off grid, okay? Very simple, all right? Just create a self sustainable lifestyle, a self sustainable village. Not a village where you're slumming it. And I'm not talking about, you know, you have to give up absolutely everything. There is a way to be able to have nice amenities. You can still have electricity, you can still have hot water, you can still have, you know, very, very, very good meals, okay? But Let's get away from the suburbanized lifestyle that requires the use of all sorts of different elements that create the prison planet, that keep us focused on the regular lifestyle. Let's step outside of that comfort zone, okay? So now that we understand that idea of let's just buy a large part of land, okay, let's just have our community started, the question is how can we go about doing that? And that is what ACTS attempts to answer, okay? That's the solution that ACTS provides. So it's uh, helping people depart from the urbanized, you know, high supply chain kind of existence and moving to something more uh, self-sustainable, sovereign, and and independent. Yes, okay. Okay. And what's the name of it again? ACTS. 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 Let's talk about that name. Let's talk okay, about cool. the name Axe Decentralized Real Estate. First off, it's not Axe like the, like the, like the, the men's armpit spray, okay? 
right? It's Acts, like A-C-T-S from the Bible, the book of Acts, okay? Mm -hmm. All right? Specifically, the name comes from chapter two in the Bible, okay? In Acts, right? So what happens in chapter two, okay? Very clearly states that on the day of the Pentecost, okay, you have 3,000 people. They started, you know, they started speaking in tongues, but the, but the point is they realized, wow, you know, the power of Jesus. They really realized, oh my goodness, like I realized that I can move God's kingdom forward. I want to dedicate my life to that. So what do they do? They all go, they get baptized, and then they take their net worth, they put their net worth in, okay, 3,000 people, and they start moving God's kingdom forward, okay? So that's where the name Acts even comes from. Mm-hmm. And here's why. Basic calculations. If I were to translate everything I just described that happened in Acts in the Bible, okay, and I did it today in modern day America, what would that look like? Okay. Well, here in Texas, if I took the median net worth and I took the average net worth, these are the numbers. The median net worth in Texas is $275,000. The average net worth in Texas is $625,000. If I take 3,000 people and they all put in their net worth, $275,000, that would be worth $900 million. Mm-hmm. If I took 3,000 people and they were at the net worth of $625,000, that would be $1.8 billion. So now what can you do with that? Okay. There are lands across the country, and especially in Texas, that you can buy that are unrestricted, unregistered lands. These lands go for cheap, okay? We are talking about 3,000, 4,000, 5,000, 6,000, 10,000 acre lands available for purchase at 25 million, 30 million, 40 million, 50 million dollars. And sure, that might sound like a lot of money to an individual, but if people were to simply work together and crowdfund the purchase of that land, it's not that bad. Everybody would be able to have their own acreage. So I'm not talking about some little hippie community. Everybody has to give up everything, give up your personality. No, no, no. I'm talking about pure free market capitalism. It's just that we just all put in our money in to be able to purchase this. You already pre-select your parcel. Okay. We make the purchase. Now on the other side, you're part of this community with other like-minded people that you know were able to do that. Okay. If we went with the low end, okay, if we had a network like that of 3,000 people buying up, you could do it another way. You could do it instead of a one large land, you could have several different decentralized lands, 300 acres here, 300 acres there, 300 acres there, 300 acres there, right? You could still make it where you have this decentralized network of people who have bought up these lands and are growing their own crops, growing their own foods, and are able to send it to each other. Now, I know a lot of people, they talk about homesteading, okay? But the problem with homesteading and the problem with thinking that you're going to be an isolated prepper Mm -hmm. is that when shit really hits the fan, you know what? (laughs) You can't do it all alone. Mm -hmm. You can't do it all alone. I know you might have some fantasies about you taking your little wife and your kids and doing it all alone. It's not going to happen because the moment some horde comes in, okay, you just have three, four, five individuals who don't really care about natural law, get together, okay, then you are going to have your livelihood threatened. There's only so much that you can truly do. But when you have other people, now you can have someone who can put out a night watch. Now you have someone who can focus more on cattle. Now you have someone who can focus more on medicines. 
Okay. So you're going to want to have a community. And up to this point, the paperwork to do this whole process would be horrendous. Okay. Mm -hmm. It would be terrible. In fact, the elite have set it up so that you cannot do it. All right. One option would be to form something called the REIT, which is a real estate investment trust. But guess what? In order to participate in that, you have to be an accredited investor, which means that you have to have a net worth of more than $1 million, or you have to be making $200,000 a year. Not everybody actually makes that. Okay. Not everybody actually makes that. But on top of that, if you try to, you know, just directly fund it, you have 300 people, let's just say, okay, going in to be able to buy one acre, okay, on a 500 acre piece of land, the paperwork would be ridiculous. You would have so many middlemen. You'd have so many lawyers. I mean, just think about literally just sending out the DocuSign, okay? Let's not even talk about real paper, okay, which is what would have been the case. Let's just talk about the DocuSign, all right? Sending out that little email and coordinating that little email service. Near impossible. Absolutely near impossible. Yeah. Okay? But then beyond that, okay, if you did want to do that, it's also near impossible when you consider issues with subdivisions and what it takes to subdivide land. Okay, so let's say I myself, I am the owner of a piece of land and I try to do things the conventional way right now. I own 320 acres of land, let's just say, okay? And I wanted to subdivide it and spread it out to people. Well, the process would take at minimum 285 days because there's so many middlemen, there's so many different... Um, there's so many different approvals that have to occur in the process. You have to take 45 days just to have the initial studies, another 45, 60, 70, 80, 90 days to get plat approval. Then I have to send that back at another study done. I have to send that in for approval again. If city council sees what you're up to, they don't like your politics and they say something about it, you don't have approval. Mm-hmm. Now you can't do what we just described. You can't set up that sovereign system for yourself but we have a way to be able to skip all of that, all of that. And we do that through cryptocurrency. We do that through acts. Well, just to, I just want to validate that last piece because you shared some information with me about zoning and about uh, the, the, the land, the uh, residential land development process. And, uh, you know, I, I uh, took a look at the information. I was like, Oh, oh, so that's, that's how that works. That's, that's the, uh, that's the enormously high barriers to entry, assuming you can even get the funding to do the thing in the first place, just through all the governmental bureaucratic red tape. And what you said about city hall, especially like the political considerations. And then you have the public petition where someone can raise, it doesn't even have to be a, a state or local, you know, administration official. It can be some individual who's like, I don't like your politics or I don't like the look of you. And I'm just going to raise a stink. You know what I mean? And stand in the way of the entire, assuming it's legitimate in some way, but they can stand in way of the entire process and just all the approvals and the research and all the different inv- individuals you have to hire. And, you know, I, I've, I've, I've been overseas and I know that if you lived overseas, like in a place like India, for example, you know, the amount of bribery that would be needed to move a project forward would be insane. So fortunately, like, you know, in, in a place like America, like we are very fortunate to live in, in, a, in a relatively low corruption society, though it may seem otherwise, but still like to advance the project forward to get, you know, for example, a, a hazardous materials inspector, you know, if there's a building to be demolished, the dude's got a thousand things you need him to come look at the property on this day. Like, you know, there's a lot of room for greasing the wheels in there. So it's a pretty, it can be a pretty ugly process just to get from the, the stage of, you know, all the approvals to the actual breaking ground 
I mean, once I looked at all that, I was like, okay, this is this is this is not a this is not a process for the faint of heart. So you you piqued my interest. Like, how can we how can we? Uh, and plus, just coordinating three hundred people, you get three hundred investors who all want to get a plot, you know, on 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 some land. Like, try to herd three hundred cats. You know what I mean? Like the DocuSign. Oh, I just got exhausted thinking about it. Like trying to get three hundred people to sign the DocuSign of the BCC change in the email would be insane. Yeah, it would be, it'd be nonsense. Yeah, it would be complete and total nonsense. And, <laughs> and that ends up meaning, like, what, what does that mean for us? Okay, because for someone listening in who, who's never heard of this process, because it's, it's a pretty mind-blowing process, guys. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. It, I, I mean, I'd, I'd sent Will over, you know, information on it. It was, how, how long is the course? It's like, I don't even know, like three, four hours, right? I didn't even watch the last two videos that were an hour and a half long each. <laughs> um, you know, but the stuff that you sent me was, was, uh, was pretty extensive. It was, it, yeah. it took several hours. It's, it's mind numbing. Okay. Yeah, the process sure. of even just a basic subdivision, like we're talking about, you have two acres. Okay. Now I want to have, you know, two two plots of one acre just trying to do that is our it will cost you easily 80 80 90 hundred thousand dollars easily yes yes you lose that so if you want to buy if you want to buy land for in order to uh, to develop it for residential right you have to invest let's say the land costs a million dollars let's just say right let's throw it out there right you have to invest up front of your own money at least fifty thousand dollars for all the necessary uh permits and approvals environmental hazardous materials you know you have to develop an engineer to manage the whole you have to hire an engineer to do the whole process and the whole thing takes what like 45 days in the total process at best take something like three quarters of a year. At best, it'll take that much time because you can't even get the preliminary preliminary studies done in less than 60 days with all the individuals who need to be brought on board. It's just this enormous process. And, and if you, at the end of that entire study period, the, to produce the feasibility study, because the feasibility study is what gets submitted to the... To the um, to the the local boards or whatever for development, right? To produce the feasibility study, if you get to the end of that study and you find out like, oh wait, no, we can't make my money back on on developing enough residential units to to pay for a million dollars of land costs. Congratulations, you just ate fifty thousand dollars. Have a nice day. You know, mm-hmm. do not pass go. <laughs> easy, easy. Yeah. You just you just lost that money. Yeah, and you so just ate it. beyond that, you can't even get you can't even get loans now because of it, right? So like you talk oh. to the lenders and they won't even touch it with a ten foot pole, right? Oh. I mean. Yeah. It's hard enough sometimes, especially with uh, if you know if you have a, a harder economic period, right? It can be hard enough to just get a, a mortgage or something like that. Which don't get me started on usury, right? That's that's oh, how we got into this mess. Money okay, magic. all right. Don't even get me started on that mess. It, for those of you who don't know what usury is, it's high <laughs> interest. Okay, very high interest. That is the trick that has been played. Okay, throughout the mm-hmm. ages. All right, it's high mm-hmm. interest. Dude, you can't do it with land. <laughs> You're going to, so like, I mean, you might hear for a house 20% down payment, right? Well, when it comes to land, you might have to put down a 60% down payment, all right? And have like a loan rate of like three years at like 10%, something mm-hmm. stupid like that, okay? Yep. In order to purchase land. It is absurd. Mm-hmm. So you have this situation here where you have all of these people that recognize, hey, I want to get out of the city. I want to get out of the system. Okay. And, and if they don't do it now, okay. If they don't recognize it now, they're going to real soon. Real Look soon. at some of the videos of what's going on in Australia. Look at some of the videos of what's going on in Canada. I have my friends in Canada 
messaging me all the time. TJ, you know, I wish I would have listened to you. Things are ramping up even more. I can't travel without a passport. I can't. They said now you cannot enter into any non-essential business without a vaccine passport in certain parts of Canada. Yeah. Okay. Try and tell people this a year ago. You're a conspiracy theorist. It'll never happen. It's like, what do you think is... So, yeah. so, you know, with that, with that approval process, like if it takes that long and you to go the conventional route, things are going up exponentially month by month, oh, guys, month by month, day by day, hour by hour, exactly. the acceleration's insane. It's insane. It's insane. 10 days okay. ago, like, we were not here 10 days ago. Yes. We were not here 10 days ago. Exactly. Okay. So, you know, going the conventional route is insane, right? Yeah. It's absolutely insane. And lastly, economically, it punches you in the pocket, okay? You are ultimately, you, the family consumer, okay? The nuclear family, the middle class, you know, or let's just say upper middle class. The real ones who get screwed are upper middle class, okay? They're the ones who get screwed the most with a lot mm-hmm. of these different things. They're mm-hmm. the highest tax bracket because if you're too high, if you're really high, you don't actually pay taxes. If you're low enough, you don't really pay taxes. Okay, upper middle class, man, you're screwed, okay? Mm-hmm. You're the one eating up all of these costs. You know, that that... That land developer, when he's eating those costs, he says, it's fine. I'm going to just roll it over into the cost of land when I sell uh, as a land developer to the actual developer, right? There's a land developer who just puts in the street and the, the, the electricity and the water and the internet, okay? And then there's the developer who's going to take that and then they have to submit for engineering approvals, okay? For sewage, for all sorts of different approvals for the style of the house, Okay. And that means that you're eating those costs. So here's a great example, okay? There is a property that is here in Texas, okay? Here, I live in uh, Conroe. This is in Sugarland, Texas. It's called Harvest Green, okay? And so Harvest Green, they'll advertise in their marketing. It's a 1,300-acre development, okay? And out of those 1,300 acres, they've taken... 12, just 12 little acres, okay? And they put on those 12 acres, two, just two little acres that are for farming and they use it for all of their marketing, okay? So they say, oh, if you come to Harvest Green, we have these 1,300 acres, but it's an agri-hood, okay? We're an agricultural neighborhood, an agri-hood. So come on down to Harvest Green and you can have, you know, nice sustainability and you can show your children how to farm and you can live that farm life and you can live that homestead life wrong. No, no, it's all conventional. Okay. And again, you're eating these costs. So it's land where you aren't actually sustainable. You can't actually grow your own food. You can't have your own livestock. You can't have any of those things. Okay. And yet they put a premium on it. You end up paying about $500,000 for a third of an acre lot. Okay. $500,000 for a house in that little property. And if you're wondering about the cost there, Just think about it this way. You multiply the cost of the house by about 0.2 and you're going to be ballparking within a couple of percent what the price of the land is. So in this neighborhood that pretends to be about these valleys, pretends to be about home study, pretends to be about self-sustainability, okay? You're paying half a million dollars for the house, which ends up being about $100,000 for a third of an acre. If it's a full acre, it would be $300,000 just for the land. And this company would have bought that land, I'm telling you, for about $5,000, somewhere mm. around there. Okay. But it's just all these other costs that have added up that you're eating. 
And yet they're going to tell you, you're making great investment in buying a house on that property. No, 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 my friend. No, 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 my friend. no. So what can we do to take out those middlemen? Okay. What can we do to take out those middlemen, right? Across the board, middlemen inform real estate agents, which by the way, the National Association of Realtors was sued and lost, okay, for being a monopoly. They lost for being a monopoly, right? I didn't know that. That's so, you're, okay. so you have to deal with those costs, you know, cost of the developer, the cost of the land developer, the cost of the engineer, all of that other stuff, okay? If we take that out and we just return to our roots and form villages, which is what we're supposed to be in in the first place, okay, mm-hmm. then the difference is it's, it's astronomical. It's an astronomical difference. We're talking about 10 times less, even up to 25 times less for the costs of land. So, because we don't have to pass down all the development costs to the, to the land buyer. Yes. We don't mm-hmm. have to pass down any of those development costs to the land buyer. All right? Mm-hmm. So what are we doing with acts? Okay. Well, we go out and we curate beautiful land. That can be 100% off-grid and still nice, okay? So when I say off-grid and still nice, what does it mean? It has to have enough sun where I can get enough solar power, where you have more than enough electricity so it's unnoticeable in your household, completely unnoticeable that you're using 1% uh, uh, solar, okay? Has to have enough water that you don't care at all. You're not connected at all to the city grid of any form, any shape or form, okay? It has to have enough space so that you're able to raise your own food it has to have, um, you know, amenities for you to be able to go and interact with other people. Okay, walkways for you to be able to go, places for your kit for your children to be able to run around with and be able to play. Okay, lands like that. So we're going out, we're curating these lands that are usually agriculturally exempt and or unrestricted and unregistered, and according to Texas law and the law of other states. Since we're keeping it as agricultural land, primarily for agricultural use, we do not have to go through any of the subdivision plat approval processes that you might otherwise find. So (laughs) this land, okay, that would be way too expensive for you to buy on your own. You can can have it and you can do it in an amount of money that is so low priced, you don't even have to take out a loan. You don't even have to take out a loan. We're talking about you just pay it off. You know, you just pay it off month by month, A-okay, okay, at incredibly low rates. We're talking about taking land that, for a fact, would be $300,000, $200,000, and we're making it as low as $50,000, $25,000, $15,000, $10,000, even $5,000. Yes, freedom for $5,000 an acre. Five, okay, an acre. Okay, got it. And these, these, you're looking, this is the price to the individual buyer, the crowdfunder. Yes. To the individual wow. buyer, to the individual crowdfunder. These are, un, and these are undeveloped lands with no properties on them. So the, so the, so you're, you're buying the acreage, but they're not necessarily, there won't be any construction on them necessarily. There won't be any construction. It's okay. raw land. It's raw land. Okay. But, but okay. Because of its nature as, and its recognition of use, you can build whatever you want. Okay. I could, I could build a giant, you know, Furby. I could, I could do, you know, a 30 foot tall Furby. I don't need sold. (laughs) Right. So, um, you know, one important part of this process is also the fact that when you're working together with other individuals, okay, 
you're, we are now able to play the game where we go to developers, we go to construction, or we go to solar companies, whoever we're buying from, and we're buying in bulk. So we get that bulk discount. Because mm-hmm. I'm able to go to them and I'm going to say, I have 150 people who want to buy you know, your, your style house development. I have 150 people who want to buy from your solar panel uh, equipment facilities. I've got mm-hmm. 150 people who want to put in for your deep freezers. What kind of discount can I get for that? So now I'm going to switch into um, I'm going to switch into my investor mode because I've done some investing yeah. in the past, and so now this is this is this is the stage where I start taking the idea apart to see if this, and and let's do it. Let's you, do it. Please, yeah, please. let's do it. Okay, cool. So let me see if I understand. The first thing the first thing that you've done is before. So let's say that you get. Um, you get your crowdfunding people say you need, I don't know, say 300 people or whatever, whatever the amount of people is that you would need to sell. Your we're, first we're keeping thing. every property. So, so the reality is we're keeping every property at a maximum family unit limit of 150 due to Dunbar's number. I want to be clear about that. Okay, cool. Uh, okay. Uh, what, yeah. what is Dunbar? When is, yeah. What is Dunbar's number for the non-John Hopkins? <laughs> yeah. Candidate? So, okay. So what that <laughs> like means me. is, okay, we're keeping every property up to 150 people because 150 people is the maximum number of people that you can realistically know everybody's name oh, and everything okay. that's going on in everybody's life. So that's that if great. there's a dispute, you can go over and you can just talk about it. You mm-hmm. can just go over, no government lawsuits, none of that other stuff. You go man to man and you talk about it the way it used to be done. Mm-hmm. That's really funny that you mentioned that that specific number because I... I I don't know which direction the world will actually go, whether we're going to a dystopia or some sort of like civilizational rebirth. I'm betting on rebirth, but yeah. whichever direction that we do go, I've, I, I think that everyone naturally feels that we're going to individual self-sustaining communities, whether we go for the positive direction or whether we go for the negative direction, both, both scenarios, like if the world's going in a negative direction. Yeah, I'm going out to, I'm going out to some land. Even if the world goes in some positive direction, I'm not staying in a city anyway. So I think that we are naturally moving towards that direction. And I think the size of those communities you know, will be around 100, 150 people. So I'm glad that that's grounded in, in, in some sort of research. Okay, so let's say that you get 150 people together. Let's just say that you have a bunch of people who are, who are bought in. So you're going to offer them to, for, for sale. The plot of land um, will be vetted to your specific characteristics. So it will be, you know, uh, not subject to the approval. It will have solar and it will have water on the land. So the people who are buying into their acreage will have access to the natural resources necessary for um, for for water and power and and some amount of sustainability, some sort of like, because it's agricultural land as well. So anyone who would buy the property would know that any property that you would list for sale to them will be of the sort of property that they would want. Yes. Yes. Okay. And, and, Pre- and to be very clear, we're, when we, the, the um, owners of farms and stuff like that, they're happy to talk to us. So we already have, you know, okay. a plot of land that we're looking at. It's 320 acres. It's got a mile long creek going through the north side. Okay. It's got beautiful, lush, green grass and everything. It's a 77 year old man. Okay. Who wants to provide for his family before he dies. Okay. Wow. He wants to be off in the, he has, he has his little plot over in the corner. Okay. He's a great guy. He built his own, he hand built his own A-frame home. Okay. Hand built it. And, you know, I'm able to go to him and I'm, I'm able to say, dude, what, like, you know, I saw your asking price. I'll, like, I'm not going to negotiate with you. I'll give you full asking price. Hell, I'll give you more. <laughs> like, wow. Okay. Like, no, I'm not going to try to screw you. I'm going to give you more. <laughs> Just work with me. 
So this is real. This is not conceptual anymore. This is not like if we find land. Like, no, we've actually found land that we pre-qualify to our, st- to our standards. We, we found land. I drove four and a half hours with my fiance and my daughter, okay? And we I personally, I can show you the videos. I have it. I can send you the Google Earth link right mm-hmm. now, okay? We're drawing up some nice 3D rendered designs of it. And we're getting this up and running. This is a real land that you have available very, 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 very soon. Okay. Awesome. So that's okay. So that's step one. So you have the, you have the supply, right? And you can, and you validated that there is supply for, um, for this type, the type, the kind of land that you would want. And if there's one, there's, there's probably more than one and you're looking outside of Texas as well. Like there, yes. there are, okay. I want to be clear here. This first property is a small example. This is proving right. the model, showing for a fact that we're able to do this. I mean, I already know that this model works, okay? Uh, there's, a, there's another company called Texas Grand Ranch. They go and they buy 4,000 acres of land. They sell it to about 1,800 uh, people, okay? They're doing fantastic. They sell out so fast, it's insane. But because they're still within city regulations, you still have what's called, instead of an HOA, Homeowners Association, they have a POA, Property Owners Association. What does that mean? That means that you cannot have livestock. You can only have chickens, no hens, and you That's can't whack. have any horses. Yeah, I know. No hens. Chickens, <laughs> no hens. Yeah, but wow. but it's it still is a really really great project, and it's it's fantastic. It's fantastic um, to see that they are making land available to people. And you know what? They, I know um, the 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 strategic uh, re, like the strategic developers behind that. They're great people. They're, they're just dealing with the current city limits and stuff like that. So anyways, with Axe, what we're doing, this first property, this is just proving the model just so I can yeah. sit there and I can go, I told you so, yeah. right? But this model is to be repeatable, not just by me, okay? I want this to be de- a decentralized autonomous network. I want other people to go out and say, hey, I'm proposing this land. I'm proposing this land. And through the Axe platform, other people say, yes, like, let, the mar- let the free market vote on it and say, yes, I, w- I want to go in on that too. And then boom, we open up a new one and a new one and a new one. I want it in Texas. I want it in Montana. I want it in Wyoming. I want it in Europe. I want it. There's some, per- some, did you know in Italy, in Italy, they will give you a castle if you take care of the land and you uh, redevelop the agriculture, they'll do it. Give you a castle? They will literally, there's a program where they will literally give you a castle, okay? <laughs> I know I sound like I'm off my rocket. I know no, you throughout don't... this, I've said the craziest stuff, but no, it no, is no. the truth. Look it up. No, you, you don't sound like you're off your rocker. It sounds like Italy is just being Italy. Like, we will give you a castle. Come to Italy. We'll, we'll, give, we'll give you the castle in Spieti and the Meatball. We've got so many castles, we just give them away here. Yeah, but, but seriously, seriously, like it is, it is a real thing. They have a program. So yes, I would like this to be a decentralized network of Devin, individuals. De- Sorry, Devin, are you listening? <laughs> Your castle's calling you. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so, um, you know, we want we want to create a network, okay, of these communities popping up, and I want to make it very clear to people: there is so much economic opportunity with this model, okay, because. Let's again. We've we've talked so far about the land. Hey, let's just go ahead and buy the land. But let's remember the name here. Okay, Acts. Okay, it comes from Acts in the Bible. People putting their net worth together. You mm-hmm. might be sitting there imagining like what I'm saying is you literally sit there and say, okay, TJ, here we go. I pledge you two hundred seventy-five thousand dollars of my money. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that simply shift your resources. You know, you vote with your money. 
shift your resources so that things are going through people who are members of the Axe community. Okay. That's mm -hmm. what I'm talking about. Okay. Instead of choosing the regular developer, just choose a developer that's someone who's from the Axe community. There's going to be someone who can do that and they stand to make a lot. You know, there's somebody who's going to be, instead of just a regular doctor, there's going to be someone who's going to want to be the doctor for Axe communities. Okay. Who's not going to be requiring vaccinations for children. Okay. The next part about it, again, putting funds together, that doesn't literally mean just here you go, throw in everything. No. I'm talking about creating an investment fund and skipping past the accreditation requirements, which as I said before, it can take, you have to be an accredited investor with more than a million dollars net worth or $200,000 to usually do this. Right. But through cryptocurrency, through decentralized finance, what we can do is we can say, hey, us as an Axe community, instead of putting your money in the regular bank account, okay, put it in the Axe investment fund. And here's the where stuff really goes crazy, okay? There's the opportunity to be able to fund acquisitions, more Axe acquisitions, okay? So what do I mean? If you go to bizbuysell.com right now, okay? Right now, I can show you in Texas, right next to the first land that we're looking at, there is for sale a water distribution company for $6.75 million, okay? That water distribution company distributes water throughout all of Dallas, all the way into the northeast side of Texas and throughout into New Mexico. What would that mean for Axe? Not only do we have the land, not only do we have the cattle, not only do we have our own food, man, we own water distribution for ourselves. So we don't have to rely on anybody else for water distribution. Because you, you purchased the water distribution company. Exactly. Okay. And so, so there's opportunity for someone from the action community to, own, to be part of that, to own that, and to be able mm -hmm. to get that funding for that. Okay. So, so, um, so we, we validated that there is the supply of land, the pre-qualified land, which is, which is the, the first big hook. So now we, have to, uh, now we have to validate that there is the demand, as in the, the, the other side of the equation, which would be enough people willing to put in um, enough money to, to fund the land and the necessary resources to, um, to develop it to whatever standards the community determines. So how are you going about, or how would you go about finding and sourcing, sourcing these people, assuming that the minimum buy-in is $5,000 just for their own particular plot of like the raw land. So when you, when you add in uh, construction on top of that, even with like a, for example, like a tiny home or something like that, probably that the total buy-in is somewhere between what, a hundred thousand to two hundred thousand dollars, all in, depending on the complexity of 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 whatever you're getting, and that's including the home itself and the hookups to the water and the hookups to power and everything like that, and, and some amount of community management, assuming that the labor, well, uh, yeah, community management, the labor to develop the common spaces is what I'm thinking. Yes, and so that's actually that's actually that's like my real we uh, wheelhouse right there, right? Researching th stuff in marketing and stuff like that. So. First off, I'll give you a little statistic, okay? <laughs> you go on Google Trends right now, okay? And if you're listening to, the, to me on this, you can go ahead and see it for yourself. Go to Google Trends and then put in the term buy land, okay? You will see that over the, over the past five years, there was a spike in the term buy land that we have never gone down from, okay? And when did that spike occur? That spike occurred on the day of the inauguration of Joe Biden. So that very day was also the day that there was more people than ever searching the term buy land. Yeah. And it's never gone down ever since, ever. I'm, okay? looking, I'm looking it up right now while you're talking. Go ahead. Yeah. So P 
people want to buy land. As I said, there's Texas Grand Ranch as another example. Okay. They will go, they will buy 4,000, 5,000 acres. And I know this because on our board of advisors is actually the lead development strategist from Texas Grand Ranch, right? And so they estimated previously that when they had this land, they would sell it out maybe like four, five, six years. Mm-hmm. They sold it in under a year. They sold out 1,800 parcels, okay, for, for 4,000 acres in under one year, okay? So much so, so fast that they had to scramble to go p- purchase another 5,000 acre piece of land and they're selling that even faster. Mm-hmm. In general, I admit there is a housing bubble, but, but independent of that housing bubble and actually directly anti-correlated with the amount of freedom that people have is the fact that people want to go to areas where they are unrestricted. So every single time there's another mandate, every single time there's another COVID thing, every single time there's yet another, you know, law passed or thing that happens, okay, there is more demand for land. Right now, the number one thing in the country that is being sold is 10 acre parcels of land. That is the hottest, fastest piece of real estate in the entire country. And pretty soon there's going to be a premium on a place like Texas, okay, and other places that have lush green grass or outside of cities where you're able to be alone, where you're able to be left alone without having to worry about the mandates of other people. It's going to be like a gold rush, but a gold rush for freedom. Hi, everyone. I hope you're enjoying my interview with TJ Reeves. I have some exciting news. At the end of October in Orlando, Florida, I'll be speaking at the 21 convention, the world's premier event for men and masculinity. I attended last year in 2020, and while much of the world was hiding at home due to COVID, hundreds of men and women were gathering together to help advance the cause of masculinity, femininity, and families. Because the 21 convention has evolved the past several years, what Anthony Dream Johnson, president of the Manosphere, started 15 years ago as a pickup conference has expanded into the 21 convention patriarchs event, especially for husbands and fathers, as well as the 22 convention for women. This year, I'm thrilled to announce that I'll be speaking at both the 21 convention and the 22 convention. At 21, I'll be talking to men about the power of shame in our lives and how vital it is to triumph over it, including my guidance for how to do just that. And at the 22 convention, I'll be speaking to women about the depths of men's minds and hearts, explaining to them how, in the words of Alison Armstrong, we aren't just hairy versions of women. And I'll be joining a huge and expanding list of speakers, including Ian Smith of Attila's Gym in New Jersey. Jack Donovan, Pastor Michael Foster, Tanner Guzzi, Alexander Cortez, Dr. Sean T. Smith, Elliot Hulse, Socrates, Professor Janice Fiamengo, lawyer Melissa Isaac, YouTuber Jennifer Molesky, plus many more. Hopefully you'll recognize a few of those names as my previous guests. In the description, I've provided links to all of the 21 Summit events, or you can visit the21convention.org and enter the code RENOFMEN at checkout for 25% off any ticket price including to the 22 convention. I recommend the VIP tickets, which includes five-night on-site stay, which includes a five-night on-site stay in the hotel's lovely rooms, which I've personally seen, front-of-house reserved seating, an exclusive VIP-only dinner with the speakers, and much more. At At the conference, you can meet me in person, along with eight members of my incredible Renaissance of Men team from around the country, and even from the UK. 
Also, all tickets are bring a friend free. That's right. If it's the first time your friend has attended any of the conferences, they can come with you free of charge. The 21 Convention is the center of the Manosphere, and the Manosphere is the leading edge of 40 years of the Renaissance. But President Anthony Dream Johnson has created matters, and what we're doing there matters. This year more than ever. I hope to see you there. Click the links in the description for each of the 21 events and enter the code RENOFMEN, that's R-E-N-O-F-M-E-N, like Renaissance of Men but shorter Ren of Men, for 25% off any ticket. Prices will be going up very soon, so act now. Thanks so much, and let's get back to the podcast with TJ Reeves. So there, there's a couple different questions. I did look at the Google Trends, by the way, and you're right. There was a there was a there was a spike. The the search for buy land has gone down since then. So if you were to look at the plot curve, but that's not a, that's not a huge deal because you know I can understand that there would be a lot of people freaking out, and there have been fewer and fewer people freaking out. But more and more people, fewer like the concentration of people freaking out are freaking out more. Maybe freaking yeah. out's not the right word, but like the people who are committed to the path of buying land are not less committed now than they were. Maybe everyone at the at that around that time was was into it. So I guess this sort of brings up the question for me of like like the the kind of the kind of customers that you're looking for because you're looking for a particular uh, people with a particular set of values, um, uh, you know, shared to shared to your values, which I agree with, and then so reaching them in particular. I think is is a I mean maybe it's a bit easier now because this this has strong like a kind of viral word of mouth component too is that kind of along the lines that you're thinking? So there's two elements of it. So first off, in terms of just regular you know advertising routes, okay. Uh, my background uh, in terms of just business lately and stuff like that is in the actual Google advertisements, Facebook advertisements, and Instagram advertisements. Okay. So simply reaching out to people via those channels, okay. By, for example, having ads that show off what the land is and show off what the offer is, those ads, I, I can show you many, many examples of companies that are already currently doing that. But you know, I like to think about of things this way, right? You have you have kind of health, wealth, and relationships, right? And where we're able to come in is not only do we nail it on the wealth aspect because it's such a better deal for this land than you could find anywhere else. Mm-hmm. But we're emphasizing the health aspect because it's for people who are going to be, uh, you know, they, they're the types of people who do not want to be vaccinated. They're the right. types of people who want to have natural foods. Okay. I'm telling you right now, there's going to be a time when they're going to say no more cows because um, it's it's bad for the environment. Just watch. Sure. They're, already, they're already on that route. They're already trying to get there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So these are the types of people who want to have their own naturally fed cows. They want naturally grown seeds or seeds, organic seeds. Okay. So I don't have to put on crazy conspiracy stuff while talking about that. I can simply say we've got land available, you know, and the crazy thing is that land serves as its own dog whistle. I can target, (laughs) I can target the people with the right mindset by simply saying self-sustainable off-grid land. Okay. Right. You just don't have lefties who really want that. They don't. You'd imagine that they do. They don't. No, they, they really, don't. really don't. They don't. Not anymore, anyway. Yeah, not anymore. Okay. But, you know, going deeper, okay, I want this product. I want this to be a thing that is spread through word of mouth. I want people to say, hey, you know what I'm doing? I'm getting out of here. I'm going and buying this property. Oh, what are you, what are you doing? I want their friends and family to go, what are you doing? What is this? Why are you doing this? I want people mm-hmm. to say, mom, dad, 
you know, you're getting older. I want you to come with me, live with me. We're going over here. Okay. And here's why we're doing this. I mm-hmm. want them looking for their children saying, Hey, look, you know, this is something that I'm passing on to my children. Okay. This is something that we're, I'm setting up those values for them to be able to grow up around the right people around the right setting. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the next aspect to that is that with these lands, okay, instead of your regular typical escrow period, okay, because we're doing things so different, we're going to have something called an educational escrow. So what, what, is an, what is an escrow period? Some people might be asking that because they don't really know it. An escrow is that an escrow period is that if I put in a down payment for a piece for, for a house or something like that, that money, some money will be put in, okay, to a title company who's then going to verify, okay, uh, if the roof, if it passes the roofing inspection, if it passes the house, the, the water inspection, the sewage inspection, things like that. Mm-hmm. Once we pass those contingencies, then we can close on the house. Okay? okay. What would an educational escrow be? Okay. Well, for an axe property, people have to be able to at the very least work together. So that would include hey, here's a video too on, here's what natural law actually is, okay? This is what the non-aggression principle is. This is what the self-defense principle is, okay? Okay. This is what permaculture is. And at least this is what we're trying to aim for with permaculture, okay? Okay. And here's um, what you can do in terms of uh, homeschooling as an example, or here's what what you can do as solutions to be able to work within the community and to be able to solve problems within the community. All right, you understand that you've pa- you've actually watched the video. You understand that you've taken a little quiz. Okay, cool. Now we can actually have you on there because we can't just okay. be having people come in all willy nilly and then first opportunity suing each other. Okay, yep. So you're validating. You're not just validating the um, the land. You're validating the um, you're you're validating your. I guess you're not just validating the supply. You're validating the demand as well. Yes. Great. Okay. By the way, for everyone listening, this is a very skilled entrepreneur here. <laughs> I'm listening to you go through all the all the all the points of your business plan and pitch right now, and that's very well put together. <laughs> Thank you very much, man. You're welcome. <laughs> so okay, so you so you validate the demand. So continue with that. Continue with making yeah. sure that the right people are getting involved, and not just people who are like panicking, freaking out. Yeah, exactly. Because you know, with it, with this, we need to have people who are really, truly, truly looking to be self-sustaining and working with each other to actually get this up and running. Mm-hmm. So another uh, question that I, I typically might get from people is like, you know, something along the lines of like, well, what happens with disputes? Well, as I said, you know, with regards to disputes, people work it out. You're on a piece of land where you have to yeah. actually go and you have to go talk with another man about it. You know, we're not bringing the government into this. We're not doing that that way. We're trying to get around that process because being so quick to create lawsuits, that's what creates the bureaucracy that creates all of these other issues. Right. So now, you know, to also address your question with regards to, Hey, you know, are people going to really buy land sight unseen for 5,000, 10,000, 15,000, $20,000, $25,000? Yeah. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, if you only need 150 people, I mean, that's completely reasonable in this climate to say that you'll find 150 people or 150 families yeah. to buy in. That's, I don't think that that's a, that'll be a big... Reaching them, finding them, validating them will be a challenge, but finding 150 people, like, come on. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so continue, but continue with what you were saying. So what I was about to say was that um, currently, right now in the world of crypto, uh, one of the crazy things that's going on is you have these different projects 
that, I mean, not only do they show, you know, the market being willing to pay that type of money for land, they'll do it for digital land, which is absolutely insane. I know. Okay. You were, so, you were telling me about this. Go ahead. Just, just tell yeah. me. It's, it's nuts. So, okay. There, there's, there's projects called NFTs. Okay. So by the way, this land, it is traded as something called an NFT. But before you get your panties in a bunch about what's an NFT, I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. It's technology. No. Okay. All right. Just chill. Just chill. Just chill. Okay. <laughs> In general, the big thing about cryptocurrency is the fact that now we don't need notaries and we don't need clerks and we don't need banks to be able to keep track of who sent what to who to whom, okay? Mm-hmm. All right? So when it comes to money, right, the thing about Bitcoin is the fact that now I can verify forever and verify and like so that anybody can look at it, I can verify the fact that I sent will a certain amount of money in order to purchase whatever it is that I want to purchase. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's the whole point of a blockchain technology. Now, if I simply don't have money that is being tracked, but I have anything else besides money, especially if it is a contract or it is a digital piece of media that like a PDF of a contract, then that is called an NFT. All right. That is what an NFT is. What does it stand for? What are the letter words? So uh, it stands for non-fungible token non-fungible token. Fungibility means that it's directly interchangeable. So one Bitcoin and another Bitcoin are clones of each other. They have Mm -hmm. the exact same worth. Okay. Non-fungible means that it is unique. It is not reproducible and you're never going to have the same thing. So land out of anything is one of the most unique, non-reproducible things, especially if we're talking about the coordinates of a piece of land. Mm -hmm. So what you're buying officially is the ownership of the coordinates signifying the direct piece of land. So now what I'm saying is that we already know that this works because there is a two and a half billion dollar project that does the exact same thing, but in a video game format and it's called Decentraland. So in Decentraland, you can buy parcels of land that are maybe 50 feet by 50 feet. And yet the floor price for this is about $7,000 for a piece of decentralized virtual land. It's virtual land. Virtual land. Virtual land. 50 feet by, I mean, how do you, okay, (laughs) fine. So, so it's some, (laughs) so I'm telling you that the people who buy that land, they'd gladly buy real land. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So, I mean, that land at least demonstrates that people would spend $7,000 for a 50 by 50 foot piece of virtual land that disappears if the power goes out. Would okay, they would potentially see the value of, of spending five thousand dollars for a larger piece of actual land that will exist no matter what. Yeah, if we're talking about acres, an acre is probably is about actually the same amount as like real land, it's about a hundred K for like an acre of decentral land. Why would you? Why? I mean, it does sound important. We can talk, I'm sure we can, we can. Why would you? I know, I, I just don't get it. <laughs> That's okay. how I feel. <laughs> no, okay, okay, so okay, so okay, so I, I guess. So you validated for me that there is the supply of land. You validated for me that there is demand and that you will have validated the demand to make sure they're, that they're qualified. And now, now you're getting into how you connect the supply with the, the demand, the actual, uh, the actual technology of making sure that you know, these people who want to buy a certain kind of land can buy the certain kind of land that you have validated is that certain kind of land. So now we're now we're connecting the two. So can so this is this is as we're getting into the cryptocurrency to facilitate the large scale land transaction. Let's do it. So 
yet again, I want to actually point about point out that with acts, okay, the beauty of it is that the cryptocurrency is kind of working in the background. I mean, if you're if you're in the crypto world, okay, most of the time when you hear about cryptos, it's all about the technology of the crypto, the tech this, and it's like the crypto itself is the thing that's in the forefront. This is one of the few projects where the it's about the usage of the crypto. Okay, so here's how that looks. Right now, there's already websites where you can just go buy land. Like there's literally, I'll tell you, there's landelevated.com is a perfect, perfect example of mm -hmm. a place where you can literally just log on. Okay, and it's a WordPress template. By the way, it's a WordPress template. You go in, you can view the land that they have around the world. Okay. And they have little like one acre, two acre parcels of land. They'll tell you all the information you need about it. They'll tell you the slope. They'll tell you the size. They'll tell you the, uh, the parcel number, everything that you need to know. Okay. Then you scroll to the bottom and then they'll say, here's a checkout page. Okay. Buy, buy, click, click now to buy, you know, the whole parcel at the full price. Or, um, their second option will say, um, the financing. So like, let's just say it's a 20,000. Uh, $20,000 for this acre. Okay. You can either click to buy one, like $20,000 purchase with a credit card, or you can do it at a, at like $200 a month or they'll give you their super saver option, which has the discount of buying it now and the, um, benefits of just financing it over time. Right. Sure. So you just I'm go just and looking, click I'm it. on the website right now. How Tiny easy house, is it? <laughs> Tiny house homestead in the desert, 2.29 acres in Bullhead city, Arizona, $4,300. Yeah. And then you just scroll down, just scroll down. Just, you have to go all the way down to the bottom of the page and then it'll tell you the information about buying it. Your property awaits. Best affordable, fast and easy financing. Okay. Not expensive plots of land, but they are literally in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, exactly. I think they're, so their website execution is fantastic. I think they get an yeah. A plus. Yeah, but for sure. As I said, okay, we have health, wealth relationships. Yeah, sure. They technically kill it in wealth because it's such cheap land, but like I don't, last I checked, I don't want land in the middle of a desert no. <laughs> next no, to I nobody. Live in, like, I, live in, I live in Arizona. You don't want to live out there alone. <laughs> yeah. You know, they have no heart. They have no heart. So if I, if I had to explain it very simply, you know, sometimes they say that in movies, if you're pitching a movie, you should just say, you know, it's this plus this, you know, right. like, uh, <laughs> so uh, with this, I would say, look, we're taking the business model of Texas Grand Ranch. We're taking the marketing of Harvest Green, and then we're taking the website from Land Elevated, and it's just that checkout page. So you might see in front of you, Will, when you click okay. in on the little checkout page, okay, it's going to say, fill out your information, and then it's going to say credit card, and then it's going to say PayPal, all right? Now, I'm telling you, there's a plugin. It's called CryptoWoo, all right? You, you pay for the plugin, CryptoWoo, goes into the website, and now you just have another little button that would say, pay with crypto, and then you just choose the crypto that you want. That's it. And, and, and so from the, from the end user perspective, before I even get access to the website to purchase my plot of land on the, on the land that you validated, the, the inventory that you validated, I've gone through a vetting process where I have to take the course that you mentioned, you know, and then I get some sort of password protected access. Something like so that. I'm actually saying it's after they, after they press in, although it should, it's clear in it. It will be mm -hmm. very clear in it because again, you even with land elevated, they have an escrow period. They do. It's they have a purchase and sale agreement. You can actually mm -hmm. see it on the website if you're there. Um, but you still have a little time period of like, okay, well, let's double check. You know, what's your credit score? Things like that's what they'll be doing. Okay, sure. for us, it's just okay. Now that you've clicked in, you put in your down payment. I don't expect people to buy. You know, put to be putting in like 
25 cash, you know, 25,000 cash. Right. I, I don't typically right. expect that. Some people can, but not everybody. Just drop that on my American Express black card. Yeah. Bro. Right. Yeah. So, you know, during that time period, it's like, okay, put in your small, you put in uh, whatever uh, down payment now opens the educational escrow. Okay. You have this time period to watch these videos, you know, fill out the little, uh, you know, quiz that verifies you've actually shown it. Okay. We're going to see a couple of other things so that you can get ready for it. And now we can move forward. Now that you've done that, now we can actually close on the purchase of land. This even happens over at uh, Texas Grand Ranch, okay, which is a, a much bigger operation. You put in your down payment, they open up escrow, they're going to check you out because you haven't been pre-qualified yet. And then once they've checked you out, now you can actually fully close on the land. And then so from the end user perspective, from what you're doing, someone gets in, they get, is the land... It doesn't actually sell until everyone buys in. So if you need 150 people and you've parceled it out to say, you know, say $5,000 a person, does the actual land transaction begin once 150 people have bought in? It depends on the scope of the project. Okay. Because um, some pro- some projects we're looking at, they're $50 million, piece- $50 million pieces of property. Like there's some that are just crazy that are going to require yeah. that. And there's others that are so small that we can literally just go and acquire them. So for then, example, this property, like we're just simply going, acquiring it, and then just selling it anyways. This first one that we have, we're just going out and buying it. That's great. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, you'll, you'll need that. Yeah. But other, but others, others, you know, it might be, hey, you know, we're going to be building up towards that. So mm-hmm. it depends on the situation and what the financing terms might be or what's going on with the owner and what their interests are, the current property owner. And then from the end user perspective on the website, the the cryptocurrency aspect of it, it takes place in the background and it really has very little to do with my experience. I don't actually technically have to know anything about NFTs or blockchain or, no. or anything like that to, okay. Yeah. Your grandma can do it. I mean, if she can buy shoes, if like literally, if she can buy shoes off Nike.com, like she should be able to buy land. Okay. And then um, now how does all, how does all this, I, I get how you connect the technological connection, the, the I guess is essentially transparent technological connection of supply to demand, the facilitation of the transaction, the gathering of everyone together, the digital signatures, not needing the notary to buy land, all the different, all the different legal aspects. I can see how that would be done. How does that actually translate into a piece of land being owned? Are they are they being purchased by a private? By a, from a private entity, you mentioned a farmer, a 77-year-old farmer. So it's, it's, I mean, there's quite a lot of legal paperwork necessary to transfer a large parcel of land to a new owner, is there not? And so there's got to be something on the back end that I, as a consumer, have nothing to do with. Yeah. So on the back end, you know, I've been doing all this work, right, yeah. to be able to uh, get these deals done. And, you know, eventually, you know, as things expand forward, there's going to be people who, part of the X community, they want, they say, hey, I want to be part of this too. I mean, Anybody listening, you know, if you want, you know, this could be a whole career for you. This literally could be a whole career for you, literally going out, curating these lands and being part of the cult of like doing the deal and cultivating upwards to build your own community. Really, really, truly, it could be an opportunity for you. So this is something um, you're looking to, you're yeah, hi- this is something you're looking to hire for, or this is like a side gig or something like that. So for this, for, for this, I want people to treat it as basically the best businesses will act with A players who treat whatever section of whatever they're doing as their own business. So what would you do, right? If you were literally saying, well, I'm going to just treat it like I'm just now my, my actual business 
is to go out, find this land, acquire this land, and make it part of X. You know, go through this X platform because we built, we've done the hard work of building out everything for you. Okay, going through and making and opening up that new parcel of land. That's, I mean, you going out and doing that, you should be rewarded for it. No mm-hmm. reason for you not to be rewarded for that. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay, so the so the idea is very much along the lines of. Um, Axe at the moment doesn't have this giant staff to facilitate all of it, right? Yeah. Like you're not a traditional developer in the sense that you go and you get millions of dollars of, in, of investors who go and then you go and you bring in all your staff and you develop the thing and then you sell the houses and stuff like that. That's the traditional land development model. This is very much com- this is very much community uh, community driven in the very in the act spirit. Yes. It okay. requires one hundred percent. I'm going to take responsibility for this. You know, okay. I'm going to go out and do that. That's why I said. Earlier, you know, um, it is entirely within the realm of possibility for a person to say, "Okay, I want to bring in, you know, uh, a business. You know, I want to, I want to purchase a firearms business. Right? That's a that's a great opportunity for someone to go out and just purchase a firearms business. That's a thing that they can go get. They can go get that water distribution company as well. That is a major opportunity. We also have, uh, you know, we have designers, for example, who've been creating stuff. And you know what? What they design, that's their NFTs as well, that they're able to sell on the open marketplace as well. Um, for the people working on the website, you know, we've literally said like invoice us. Like literally, you know, if you were a consultant or if you were a freelancer, what would the invoicing be? Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Um, let's see. Do you provide some sort of template? So every, let's say every parcel that you're going to do, this won't be the case, but let's say every parcel that you're going to do is 150 people. Do you provide some list of what you recommend each community develop for itself? Because, um, or um, are, there, are there resources that they'll be made available? So 150 people, families, whatever, come together to build this plot of land um, to develop it and turn it into their own um, self-sustaining community. Maybe some of the people will have some of those skills. Maybe some of them won't. Maybe some want to develop them. Maybe some of them won't. Will there be some some sort of booklet or some sort of you know, guidance that the people will get to know how to do it? That's a great question. That's something we talk about all the time. I call it the Library of Alexandria, right? (laughs) I've got that section on my website too. (laughs) Yeah. So um, one one thing that we're able to do is we're able to set up uh, little communities via Mighty Networks. So Mm -hmm. Mighty Networks, it kind of creates, imagine like it looks like Facebook, but it's closed off. So it's like a it's like a place where without censorship, you're able to share books, you're able to share information. There are going to be certain guides to just help a person through the process. Cause like, you know, I'm doing all this work, finding out all this stuff. Why not make it available for the next person who wants to come in and be able to take it, you know? Mm -hmm. So things like that on the discord right now, we're always sharing information. So that's the other aspect. So there's the mighty networks and there's also the discord. So on the discord, we're always posting books, resources, farming guides, things like that. Um, in addition to that, constantly talking to farmers, constantly talking to people who are doing different elements of this to either gather information, gather writings, or even have them be able to appear at the lands, right? To be able to help people out. Again, there's going to be people who want to focus on, I want to just handle the cattle. There's going to be people who are going to say, I want to just handle the fruits. I want to just handle this. I want to handle that. That will naturally come about organically just as people are going along through their little lives. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so, so what you're, what you're, 
this is more than just hey everyone buy a bunch of land and and uh and and build a house like this is you're creating a portal that makes it as easy as possible for people to in groups purchase land and exit the system but everything that happens after that process is is on them yes Right. Okay. Because 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 um, Axe does not have a, a team of a hundred people developing the land. Fun, you know, doing all that. Like you have to. You have a community. You as a community have to from soup to nuts build your community. But Axe is providing the platform for you to find to to source the land, find land, purchase the land, and then everything that you do is up to is up to that community of people. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Because and in fact, it would be, I'd be doing them a disservice. I'd be doing them a disservice if I tried to say, Axe is just going to do everything for you. Axe will just take care of it all for you. You know, treat everybody like little babies. Yeah. I mean, but I could, I could similarly make the case of like, I got no idea how to do any of that shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and it's, and it's, well, because, because as, as the end, as now the, this isn't necessarily a bad thing. This is a reality. Yeah. But, you know, for me going into, it's like, okay, I've got the money together. Let's just say that I'm going into a community of 150 people, families, let's say, let's say family. So total, it's maybe about 500 people, you know, yeah. like give or take know, something, give or take something like that. Okay. But a lot of those are kids, right? So that's mm-hmm. a, little, a little different. I will not have met all these people in person. It's going to be primarily virtual meeting because getting 500 people together, who knows? And so then someone has to coordinate the transition of this community from something offline, you know, to something online with not 100% of the skills necessary to actually build a community. So there's no guarantee that everyone will have, everyone there will have any experience in solar, sewage, construction, anything like that. But the, the, the community has to find within itself the motivation to produce the end product. But what Axe is doing is facilitating. You're not going to get anywhere unless you actually have the land in the first place. Yes. Okay. We're also, I mean, there are partnerships that we have to make life a lot, I mean, to make life easier overall, but like you're still, mm-hmm. uh, it still is going to be up to you, you know, it's right. still going to be up to you. So things again, that we already have, we already talked to, for example, A-Frame, right? So A-Frame, they're a great A-Frame uh, house and cabin developer. Okay. These, these things we're talking about <laughs> $60,000 for a 1500 foot home through A-Frame. Um, other things that we're able to do is we're able to go contact those solar companies, contact, um, uh, companies for sewage or for building your own sewage. There's a lot of DIY options with regards to that. Somebody okay. naturally, again, just through the free market, people, someone who's going to step up and they're going to say, okay, I would love to be the sewage guy, you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like whoever does that, like they're going to make a killing, you know, there's going to be someone who's going to make a killing, do all the sewage all the little pipes for everybody in the whole little community. It might not be you, but there will be someone. Mm-hmm. Um, it is going to take a risk. It is going to take a bet, you know? Um, but you know what? I'm leaning into that. In fact, in the marketing, literally one of the things that I have is modeled off of the uh, the old uh, Pirates ad. Or it's not even a Pirates ad. It's like a, it's like a sea expedition ad. Have you ever seen that? I don't know. Maybe. Here, let me see if I can get the uh, official, you know, what the actual advertisement ever See, um, the literal ad goes, men wanted for hazardous journey 
small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness, constant <laughs> danger, yeah. safe return, doubtful, honor and recognition in event of success. Yep. I've, I've seen this ad you're talking about. Basically that. <laughs> like, yeah. This is for the people who want that. Yep. But at the same time, they see it as an investment. You know, what's funny about that is, is, is this relates very much to the manosphere that you were talking about, because really what's needed for a community of, of that is um, if you're going to pull 150 families together to build the self-sustaining community, there needs to be a leader, one leader, right? This is, and this is the, this is where the masculinity is really put to the test. Like, are you capable? Are you the sort of man? Cause not all men are, and that's okay. Are you the sort of man capable of, of bringing binding together a community of 150 families to produce something like this successfully, mm-hmm. you know, cause really your life is depending on it. Like, are you kind of, are you that kind of man? Yeah. Tall order. Back home. Yeah. I'm raising my hand. <laughs> really? Same I would here, totally man. do that. Yeah. Like I like I just, you know, I I'm placing my bet that there are still men out there and I think this is going to yeah. be the perfect opportunity to step up. I mean, it's the it's like literally the opportunity to step up. And I think yeah. people are going to make want to make that transition. I think they've been I think they've been waiting their whole lives for an opportunity like this, honestly. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. That's it that you're you're you know, if I were if I were an investor just in the tech world, and I didn't know anything about the manosphere, I'd be I would be skeptical, right? But yeah. not just because it's a big bet, right? It's a huge bet. Like, yes, I get that you have the supply, I get that you have the demand, I get that you have the ability, the technology to use off the shelf components to connect supply to demand. I get the idea that um, it's not necessarily so difficult to go through all the legal processes. You know what I mean? To, to, to actually mm-hmm. complete the land transaction so the ownership is secured legally to the individuals. I get that part. Um, and, I get, and I get the part that um, there are resources available to develop the land in a, suitable, in a suitable way to the standards of the 150 families per community, something like that, right? I get that all those things exist. But if you guys uh, at Axe are not providing the resources to develop the land into something uh, habitable, who is? Well, then the individual community members. It's like, well, if you look around the average state of the average man and the average family, as motivated as they are to exit civilization, are they that motivated to like, it, how many men are going to be motivated to actually lead in the construction of a new off-grid civilization? I mean, like, you yeah. know, your average office dweller isn't going to, but, you know. <laughs> They're scared. They're scared. Terrified. And that's Even. that's also, but I mean, it's it, that's the crazy part about it. Um, that's why I say it's like land is the ultimate dog whistle, right? Because who are those people who are though? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the exciting part. You're totally right, dude. Average man, forget about it. Aver- forget about if it. I told you that this was going to be for the everybody, if I said this was for everybody, forget about it. Total yeah. joke. No way. No way. No how. Okay. No. But if you do make that bet. Think of the men and women you will meet. Oh, yeah. if, if you meet those people who have done that and you knew nothing else about them, like I guarantee, I, I literally guarantee you would have probably the best friends of your whole life. I'm not saying that you haven't already met amazing people, but I think in doing that, like when you, I mean, there's something special when you literally meet other men of the, who are so serious about this, they're mm-hmm. literally taking their lives, taking their families, they're going out in the middle of nowhere sight unseen. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they're building this and you're working day and night to do this. And you're dealing with these 
harvest issues. You're dealing with these cattle issues together. Mm-hmm. And you're having, and there's a, so some things that Axe will set up, we are setting up things like roadways, okay? Not asphalt roadways, dirt roadways, okay? So sure. dirt, um, yeah. things like community halls, okay? So uh, community, and when I say community hall, a, a place of dining. I want you to imagine like a, you know, like the, the Vikings, like the Vikings, they would have a hall mm-hmm. where you would all be able to be there and be able to, you know, eat and drink. Okay. You have men and women that you're eating and drinking with. Okay. Sharing stories with working out mm-hmm. with going out into the fields with getting this done. It's a different mindset. It's a different mindset real fast. I bet you within, within one year, a person will be a completely different person. Oh, hundred percent. Thousand percent. Are you kidding? Like just be, you know, if you have, even just being divided from the supply chain food supply, right? And just starting to, you know, grow your own food, what's available on the land itself, you know, is is uh, is is pretty powerful, let alone, you know, what I don't need my phone in my phone anymore. Like everyone that knew is they're all right around me. And so this gets to the question of of for me, because this is something that I've thought about, because what orients a community of a hundred or 150 families <clears throat> all moving in the same direction. And there's there's only one answer to that question. That's God. That's it. There is there is no other. You can't say some set of, of shared values because unless you root those shared values in some sort of um, what we might say um, metaphysical, I was going to say supernatural, but supernatural has this connotation with it, metaphysical belief structure, everyone's going to start pointing in different directions because everyone interprets reality differently. But if you ground it in a metaphysical belief structure, then you can get everyone oriented towards the same set of goals. And without it, you know, you get what we have all around us. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why from the beginning, I called it acts mm-hmm. from the very beginning, you know, instead yeah. of trying to like, cause man, dude, I would get, I would say like, at almost, and this is crazy considering crypto. Okay. I would get, I would say every once in a while, I'll get someone going, oh, I don't like the name. I don't like the name. Even though in crypto, you have things like Uniswap, PancakeSwap, Board <sighs> Ape Yacht Club, okay? All these other stupid pr- things. And they're, they're getting upset with acts, even though it comes from literally the Bible. Mm-hmm. But anyways. <laughs> like, no one cares about crypto nerds. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what I was going to say is that, yeah, from the very beginning, it's called acts because it's literally it's to move God's kingdom forward. Like, Let's just take it into our own hands and, you know, God will provide, God will say, look at these people, you know, like really, like, I mean, I think, I think, look, let's say this whole thing fails. Everybody dies. It's the apocalyptic scenario. Okay. At the very least. Okay. I'll be able to look God in the eye and be like, look, okay. I, I, I I mean, come on, man. I tried. (laughs) I did the thing. I did the thing. (laughs) Like, You know, like where was I during that? This is what I was trying to do. Okay. I was trying to move your kingdom forward. I was yeah. trying to do it as best as I could with what I had available, all right, mm-hmm. as practically as possible, you know, and knowing what would bring people together as much as possible, which is shared toiling, shared hard experience, shared focus, shared community, not this dispersal, you know, while everybody else yeah. is trying to be isolated, sending that beacon call out for other people saying, hey, you know, we're doing it, you know, stop talking, stop complaining, all right, stop saying, ah, oh, Trump's going to save me. Any man, he's going to save me. Who's going to save me? Who cares about who's going to save you? Unless we're talking about God, okay? Right, right. And, and God helps those who helps themselves, mm-hmm. okay? Absolutely. Well, so this, I mean, 
this gets to a couple of different things that I want to touch on. So I will choose this one um, because, you know, it's like choose your own adventure conversation. <laughs> yeah, which, which direction am I going to go? This is a great so, combo, man. Oh, man, this is I'm, I'm loving this. I'm loving this. I'm, I we I purposefully didn't ask tons of questions when we spoke uh, on the phone, whatever, a month or so ago, because I wanted to get into it now. And this is absolutely worth the wait to discuss. So you know, thanks. <laughs> thanks for putting so much into it. And, you know, because, you know, back I, I've listened to a lot of pitches. Right. And, and <laughs> listen to a pitch is like, I really enjoyed listening to pitches, you know, uh, not just for the enthusiasm, but also like to kind of pick it apart. Like, so what you're saying is, and then to watch the whole thing. Oh, thanks. Bye. You know what I mean? <laughs> so to actually, to actually see that you've thought all this through, you know, is, is really exciting. And I hope, you know, all the entrepreneurs and future entrepreneurs are listening to the way that he, you know, uh, the TJ has the questions answered, has answered the questions ahead of time. Cause that's your job as an entrepreneur is like to, to, you know, answering the really tough questions. And if you find a fatal flaw, you either have to acknowledge it or acknowledge that maybe your business isn't really all there. And so like, you know, so just to close the thought that I had said earlier, by the way, like if I were, if I were a regular kind of normie guy and I didn't know about the manosphere, then I would say there's no one possibly strong enough because this ties into what I was just about to say, you know, a lot of people are leaving the cities for the countryside thinking they want to live the quote-unquote homestead life. It's like farming is not easy. It's not easy. There, you don't, there's no two-day, there's no two weeks vacation from farming. Like, you know, the cows need milking, the chickens be laying, you know, the crops be growing. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going on vacation. I think a lot of people have this idealized, you know, trad kind of view where it's like, oh, it's going to be like I've seen in the movies, the frontier kind of lifestyle. And it's, you know, the banjo is going to play and whatever. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you don't really understand how the earth works. It's going to be a lot of frustration. It's going to be a lot of, there's no way I'm going to do this. There's, there's going to be a lot of, why am I doing this? I'm so stupid. Yeah. Oh, sure. There, a, a lot. Lot. Yeah. a lot. A lot, a lot. For the individuals. For the mm -hmm. individuals thinking that that's what they're getting without acknowledging that like, oh shit, this isn't, this isn't the romantic escape that I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, and, and, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, yeah. And, but I want to target those people who like see that and they, they're at that point of saying like, oh, but you know what? That's what can help me create meaning. That's mm. what can help. That, that difficulty, at the very least, I chose actively my difficulty. Mm -hmm. I at least oh, yeah. chose it. Well, that's the Shackleton ad, right? Like you are embarking on this adventure. You know, it will be very, very difficult. You will be challenged. Success is not guaranteed, but glory will be the result. I mean, what, what appeals to men's hearts more, especially now? Mm -hmm. Isn't it funny that you always hear from people this idea of like, oh, the world is meaningless. You, you, you hear it all the time. Like, this is meaningless, you know, in the vast space and all this other stuff. And they'll just go on and on and on about how everything is so meaningless. Right. What they fail to realize is that even if that is true, right, even that if that is true and we're the ones applying meaning, right, to the world and stuff like that, that means that not only are we, you know, the source of a lot of the meaning that actually is there, but we're actually like... It all resides within us. And that means that we can access that meaning. We can access that connection, right? We can access that understanding of what is more to life. And mm -hmm. the biggest way to do that is to get into that place right in between adventure and chaos. <laughs> okay. Sorry, sorry. Adventure and peacefulness or chaos and order. It's right at that point between Dr. Jordan Peterson is entered the chat. Yeah, no, but seriously though, seriously yeah. though, like, it, like if, if you're at that place where it's like, okay, like I'm literally like at the edge of a forest, but like, you know, I'm making my own stuff, but I feel secure because it's my home and I'm actually getting that. I'm actually, you know, I've taken care of those things. 
And at the very least, I know that I'm on my way to do to taking care of those things. You're going to feel fantastic doing it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that's going to feel better in your life than doing that. Like really, really, nothing's going to taste sweeter. Nothing's going to taste sweeter than an apple that you grew on your own orchard. There's oh, nothing, man. there's not going to be meat that is better than from a cow that you raised. Okay. Mm-hmm. Milk that, that is coming from a cow that you raised as well. Okay. It's going to be the absolute best, the absolute, absolute best. Yeah. A, f- a friend of mine, KJ, he, you know, he, uh, you know, this guy, this guy, you know, means the world to me. And he, he's a, he's a homesteader, you know, yeah. he raises chickens. He talked about the first time he had a, he had a, a ch- he had an egg from a chicken that he, that he raised. Same with my buddy, Eddie, same with my, my guy, Jonathan, Jonathan West, you know, he went hunting and, and hunted, I believe it's for an elk. And, you know, the, the, when he, when he brought the elk home, he kid killed the, successfully hunted an elk, brought it home, cooked it and, and fed the elk meat to his wife. It's like, what an incredible experience. Like I'd never done anything like that. So I know exactly what you're talking about through my good friend's vicarious experiences. Yeah. I mean, it's just, that's just, oh man, that's the, that's like the real heart of like what's available. Right? right. That's the, that's the real heart of like, what is there for a person who, who sees this project, who sees X and says, okay, I want to buy into this. I want to actually try this out for myself and try this out for my life. Mm-hmm. The, the other thing about it is, uh, you know, I, I never really mentioned uh, what it was about that I discussed with Jordan Peterson about uh, Maslow's hierarchy. Oh and yeah. It, it was this realization with regards to it. So first things first, People don't realize that Maslow's hierarchy, as it's commonly presented, is not complete. Okay, so when most people learn about it, it's not the completed form. So, for anybody listening, okay, you might be asking, what is Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Okay, you might have heard about it in high school psychology, or you know, just in like maybe some some you might have heard of it maybe on TV or something like that. But basically, it's a pyramid of needs such that. If you don't take care of the bottom levels of the pyramid, as you go upwards, you're going to subconsciously be weighed down by the fact that you haven't taken care of that lower level need. So if we were to move upwards, right, on Maslow's hierarchy, okay, you have generally as it's presented, you're going to have about five different levels. So it's going to be physiological needs, then it's going to be safety needs, then love and belonging needs then esteem needs, and then self-actualization needs, okay? So when we're talking about physiological needs, we're talking about breathing, food, water, sex, sleep, homeostasis, and, and, and being able to you know, excrete, you know, poop and pee, and, and mm-hmm. be able to take care of those needs. When we talk about safety, we're talking about you know, um, you know, that, you're, that you have your health, just in general, that you have some food, okay? You don't feel like, you know, you're constantly under the pressure of, of a gun or something like that. You're not going to be uh, beat up, right? You're not going to have some physical danger to you. And if you don't take care of those things, it's going to weigh you down. Um, we hear, for example, kids in the inner city, okay? They might say, look, I didn't do my homework because I'm hearing gunshots outside my door, okay? Mm-hmm. When I'm trying, you're not going to be able to ever do that, okay? You're never going to, you're never going to do that. You're not going to be chased by a bear, okay? And stop to write poetry. You're not going to do that. Right. right. So what we want to do with ACT is, you know, the first thing people will think is like, oh, great, housing. Okay, that's like physiological and safety. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying no, okay. Actually, properly done, your home 
can get you all the way up to even your, your self-adulation and your self-transcendence needs just from having lived at your home. If your home's not able to do that, that's not really going to feel like your home. That's not going to really be the right place. And the real attack that goes on psychologically, the attack on consciousness that occurs in this world is an attack on your levels of those needs, okay? It's making you dependent on someone else at every single one of those needs, right? Mm. So making you dependent at the level of your food, right? Making it so that you're eating food filled with all sorts of chemicals, all sorts of genetic manipulations, all sorts of uh, poisons inside of it, okay? Making you dependent on someone else to get you that food because you can't grow fruits in the front of your yard, right? Hmm. You also can think about, okay, well, you know, the house provides me safety. And, and again, that's where people will stop at. But if you really think about it, if you have a proper community, you should have those relationships right then and there. But sadly, due to the isolation that we find with COVID, what have we done? We've created a cap on those relationship needs. That means that everybody's running around right now, unable to get beyond basic needs that include their relationship needs because they mm -hmm. don't have other people to hang out with. Men don't have other men to be men around. Right. And if you don't move past that level, okay, men having other men to be men around, then you're never going to have men stepping up to the true self-actualization and self-transcendence levels. Amen. Okay? So when we're talking about acts, we're not just saying, hey, here's a house, here's some land, okay? Do whatever you want. Mm. No, we're talking about what is this land that for sure it's got real permanent cultures on it, a permanent agriculture culture, okay? You have all the food you ever need. You never have to think about that again. You have all the water that you need. You never have to think about that again. Okay. You have the safety that you need because you know what? You've got this community. Everybody's got a gun. You've got that safety. So you don't even have to worry about that again. Okay. But not only that, by simply having been there at that type of property, you have the relationships that you need. You never have to think about that again. And you know what? It's going to feel good. So what's that going to do for your self-esteem needs? You've met that permanently. So what are you only going to be at? You're only going to be at self-actualization. Okay. Truly expanding yourself. And here's the crazy thing, okay? This is the big thing. Again, people miss that there's that before Maslow died, there's actually a sixth level of need called the self-transcendence needs. Mm -hmm. He would talk about it, but they didn't want they did not want that going out in education, okay? But you read about it in his books, he was very clear about it. He says this is more important than all the other ones. You need to get to the self-transcendence needs, okay? And so he was never really able to express his full views on that. So I went a little bit crazy. This was right when, before I went to my PhD back at Hopkins, okay? This is one of the big things that I realized. What that, what that self-transcendence needs looks like, okay? What I realized, and nobody else is going to say this, is that the self-transcendence needs literally means taking Maslow's hierarchy and then flipping it and going upwards but backwards, Okay. That hmm. is true self-transcendence. If you want a true, if you want a description of what's going on here, okay, how you can really get to the highest level of the video game known as the human experience, the video game of consciousness that we play as, you know, Shiva, as Leela, you know, going through this cosmic game, right? It is that. So you start out in the game trying to get past these physiological needs, okay? I'm trying to get away from death. I'm trying to get away from death by any means possible, okay? I'm getting past these physiological needs. Now I'm getting to my safety needs and I'm concerned about those needs, okay? 
Now I'm looking at my relationships. I want more love. I want to feel that love from everybody else. I want to feel loved by my friends and family. Now my self-esteem needs. I want to know that I'm doing well, that I'm valued within my community. Now my self-actualization needs. I want to really be a master of my craft, okay? Well, now let's think, what would self-transcendence of that look like? Well, the opposite of being a master of your craft would be getting so good at it that you're no longer a perfectionist about it, okay? So good at it that you're beyond just regular ways of measuring yourself within that, okay? And making it so that this art form, whatever craft I'm doing, whatever thing I'm doing it, how can I make it so that it serves a higher purpose? Like self-actualization is being, you know, LeBron James, okay? Self-transcendence with regards to this is I'm going to be the best basketball player that I possibly can be because when I do that, I'm going to be helping children in need. I'm playing back, mm-hmm. I'm playing for a completely different reason, a completely mm-hmm. different ball game. Okay. What's the next level beyond that? Well, if I'm going to do that and if I'm going to take my craft to the highest level, I'm transcending even my esteem needs. What does that mean? I'm going to do this so hard, I don't even give a shit about what everybody else has to say about me. I'm so above my self-esteem needs that even when I know that I'm doing what is right, okay? If everybody else says that I'm that that this thing that they don't like what I'm doing or they don't they don't approve of it, all this other stuff, but I know that this is in line with natural law and and with the freedom that God wants for his children, okay? I'm going to still move forward anyways. That is true transcendence of your self-esteem needs. Self-transcendence of your relationship needs is no longer what am I taking in? How much love am I giving out? How much love am I giving out to everybody around me? Transcendence of your safety needs is how much love am I giving out to everybody around me to such a point that I'm not even worried about the safety. Come at me. Come at me. This is why they don't teach it. You see? Mm-hmm. Because now you have you have a motherfucker like me who sounds like this, and they can't have people running around saying what I'm saying, right, what I'm about to say right now, which is the final level is even transcending the fear of death itself, mm-hmm. which has caused this whole game to spin, okay? Caused all of this power to, to go around, okay? What do you believe in so much that you're willing to give other, to show love to other people for that you're not even worried about dying because of it? Uh-oh, I didn't just say that. <laughs> yeah, it's real. It's real. So I present that an axe property is the perfect opportunity to use permaculture and to use the land to meet all those needs. So you're just focused on that self-transcendence. You're just focused on getting to those upper levels, those upper echelons, echelons of the game of life. There are about 500 people. I'm just throwing an estimate out there that will truly understand the depth of what you just said. <laughs> really, really, truly. I mean, and, and another thing that, um, another thing that comes up and this is, it's so funny. This is why I recommended to read uh, bronze age mindset because of the con this concept of own space that to truly express yourself fully is to transcend even, even space itself. Even this idea of where can, where can I fully be free and triumph over these these systems of control that live, I guess, etherically, ideationally, metaphysically around us, and that's the that's the final. And you, but you can't just like get there, right? This is this is you give to the true capital S sovereignty. This takes us all the way back to the beginning of the conversation. This is great. The true capital S sovereignty can't be achieved without capital A arete, 
right? This mm-hmm. is what we're, this is everything that we're talking about, mm-hmm. right? To really triumph and to really triumph over own space, to truly be sovereign, to truly be excellent. You have to have gone through, you know, gone up through Maslow's, Maslow's hierarchy and then Maslow's transcendent hierarchy, which would be positioned above it in sort of like an hourglass shape. That's true. That's true sovereignty. And the only way that you get there is with arate. And the only way that you get, the only way that you find the arate in order to do that is to have some sense of meaning and purpose that can carry you through that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the only way that you the only way that you really get to hold on to that is is through um, some sort of spiritual belief. Mm-hmm. That's the only way. That's the only way. You know, you have to have a spiritual belief to carry you through because secular is not going to do it anymore, guys. <laughs> it's not going <laughs> to. Didn't do it to begin with. Oh, the scientists, you know, the studies. Don't, no, it's not. That's not going to do it. That's not going to do it. Yeah. Well, you can't. You can't just want money. This is not. This is not a. This is not a. A man's going to do this if he's motivated by money. And and he'll he'll get filtered out real quick if he's motivated by yes. power. You yes. know what I mean? Real fast, real fast, real, yep. real, real fast. This is literally. I mean, you tell me it's probably five hundred people in the world. Well, pro- I, I want to see if I can filter down and get those five hundred people in the world together. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's a that's a, the thing is is that number is not going down. Is that there there are men that are running? I mean, like it makes sense, right? It's like you get men thinking on mass about sovereignty and and really what it means and buying land and self sustaining communities. And you just run the numbers and you say you're going to need someone to manage that land. You're going to like not manage the land in terms of like its productive output yield, but like. Who's going to be the the class capital P patriarch? I guess you might say, or the chief of the of the chief of the community. Mm-hmm. And and you know if you read um, if you read Roman McClay's Sanction, that's an outstanding book uh, about what it means to be a quote unquote alpha male. I don't like that term, but that's the term that he uses in the book. To you know that that it's the alpha male who really takes onto himself the greatest concern for the communities that he's in, who feels the most deeply, and who's not you know yes he gets the quote unquote spoils, but like he, he gets them because he takes on more concern and more work on behalf of everybody, mm-hmm. you know, and you get there through a, 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 an iron commitment to excellence and a spiritual belief, and it's not it's not like it's not like the media portrays it to be, you know, it's it's a, it's a far greater degree of, of, of mental, emotional, and spiritual work than it even seems like to do something like that. Not every man will be called to that, but there, but five, that five, that I believe that there are 500 men who are, I mean, that's right. How many I think of those that's enough to turn the ship around. I agree. I agree. I, I think, I think 500, I think for every one true man you have, I mean, you can account for easily 100,000 ninnies, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, they can, they can really move things. They can mm-hmm. really, really move things, right? I mean, right now we have Bill Gates and BlackRock Investment Group buying up land all over the place. Fuck those guys, by the way. Yeah, okay. That's one of the things that got me started with that. I was just so disgusted by what they're doing. Yeah. Like, it's actual, you know, in chess, you, you cover the board, right? Like, yeah. just the same way, you know, they're covering the board. What are we going to do? Who set up? And I looked, there was no one setting up a protocol to really go out. I saw people saying for themselves, oh, I bought my real estate, but all doing it by the book, which is right. not going to, it's not going to be enough. It's and not going to be enough. Like, but man, dude, 500 people, they could really, 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 really do it. Especially if they're showing, man, we're dominating and our lives are incredible. Well, everybody else, like you guys are like looking more and more and more enslaved. Maybe you want to join an ax, <laughs> an ax community, you know? Yeah. If people are looking in and they're like, man, like, these guys look, these guys are out. I mean, these guys look like beasts. These guys look like actual beasts. Everybody living on this property, their family looks amazing. 
children look amazing, look healthy, you know? If you, I mean, well, the, 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 the struggling to put this together because there's a bunch of thoughts running through my heads at the same, in my head at the same time. So when I say 500 people, 500 people will be willing to get an eat and 500 of those people could be potential seeds for Axe communities because it only takes really one of those men to orient like Magnetic North around the values. So if out of a pool of potentially 500 men who would be ready for a challenge like that, which I, I believe that's a pretty realistic, I think that's a realistic number. I don't yeah. think that's an overestimate. I don't think it's an underestimate. If you can find, let's say, if you can find, let's say 10% of that, that would be willing to pull the trigger. That's still 50 men. That's 50 men. Of, and if out of 50 men, you've got like one who's like, yes, I will do that today. Then you've got your first, you've got your first community beginning to crystallize around that guy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Fucking, and it would just, awesome. it's a, it would be a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. And the crazy part is, is if this, if this goes right, if this is able to spread out, the thing is by being decentralized, you can't just take it down at once. What mm-hmm. are you going to do? It's, it's all over the place, you know? It's all over the place. The problem up to this point is like when people try to do stuff, it's just one location. Like, okay, I figured out where you are. Boop, you're out. You know, real easy. Real easy. But what about when it's in several different countries? You know? Right. Take one down, but when you have different different places, that's decentralized. Like that really is, you know, man, like now every time government does that, they look worse. And you know what ends up happening? If they, did, if they were to attack or do something, anything about one of those country, uh, companies, Sorry, city states is a better word for it. If they if they were yeah. to attack one of those city states, <laughs> then basically, basically they just look dumb. You know, they just look like, oh wow, how dare you attack this city state of people who are trying to live on their own? And that just means more people FOMO in, and more people FOMO in, and more people FOMO in. The reason why I laughed is that the Renaissance, the actual Italian Renaissance, came about as a result of the formation of independent city states. Really? Would, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you you were moving out of uh, you were moving out of the feudal era, and you had all these very prosperous and wealthy. Um, they were essentially feudal kings, I guess you might say, <clears throat> and they started competing with each other in things more than just you know war. They started competing in the arts, and so the the Renaissance, in some sense, was sort of kicked off because these competing local princes started funding all these different artists to say, oh, look, I've got this. Oh, no, I've got this. And I got this. And the Renaissance exploded as a result of, uh, as a result of that prosperity and, and the acquisition of, of um, several you know, uh, bits of text and stuff like that from ancient Greece and Rome and stuff like that. So that was the actual rebirth of humanism out of the prosperity. That's where the Renaissance came from was this, this foundation of these city-states. So um, I laughed because I was like, oh, this is sounding very familiar. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, not <laughs> you don't want to, know, want to know how familiar it is. I mean, as I said, they've got free Italian castles, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We're and going. Let's just change, uh, you know, Michelangelo's <laughs> David for NFTs of you know moon cats. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, That's what man. it is, man. I mean. That's how- Holy shit! <laughs> awesome, awesome. Okay, you know, and I loved how you saved like. <sighs> Not every investor is going to understand self-transcendence and Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know what I mean? No, but no, <laughs> you know, and that's and, and but you know what? Like th- that's, this is the game with investment. The game with investment is finding the investor who's like, yes, like I get the I get the play, I get the model, I, I get the values, and I and I get you because it's very much like person to person. Like invest an investor will invest 
you know, I don't know whether the, this is the, my experience of thought processes. I don't know whether the model is going to succeed because I don't have a crystal ball. No one saw Uber coming or something yeah, right? like that. You know what I mean? It's like, but they say, do I think that this person is the guy to pull it off? And that's, that's always the question. Like, you know, of course you, you do your due diligence and you look at the, do the numbers add up and, you know, is the technology there? Is there anything patentable, defensible, first mover advantage, all that stuff. But then you say, okay, if all those things check out, then it's like, is this the person to pull the gig off? And, and, and your enthusiasm and, and grasp of the values, like, yeah, you're the guy to pull it off for sure. <laughs> Thank you, man. Really, really. Really appreciate that. Yeah, this is this is incredibly exciting because and this is this is what I was hoping I guess to hear because you know my my friends and I we talk about buying land all the time like when are we going to when are going to start our compound you know what I mean yeah. around those but like how are we going to get the land to buy the compound yeah. <laughs> who's going to do that you know what I mean that you saw that problem is is huge yeah yeah and I, I'm I'm really excited I think when people clue in on it they're going to I think it's going to it's going to grow you know, more and more over time. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's going to save people's lives. I really do. I really, really do. I think it's going to save people's lives for real. I say that from the bottom of my heart. You know, one of the things that my mentor taught me about sales, he was like, he told me, he said, you know, one of the keys to sales is yeah, there's the skill involved and persuasion and stuff like that, but there's also, you have to take into account conviction, right? You have to have serious conviction. He told me, he said, Look, TJ, if you approach sales this way, right, where it was as if you were going to go backwards in time to talk to yourself or talk to like your brother or your son or something like that, right? You know, and you had to, and they weren't paying attention. Like, what would you do to say that, to, to say something to them? Like, for example, like, uh, uh, you know, Bitcoin, right? Mm-hmm. Someone who was skeptical about Bitcoin like 10 years ago that you knew had the money, right? Like, how would you mm. tell them, like, look, dude, it's about to be huge. This is about to be massive. All right. And they're like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of hearing you. I kind of mm-hmm. get it. You know, I have, it's like, what would you do to be like, dude, no, you really, really, you need to do this now. Right. Mm-hmm. If you have that, then, then sales is going to go much, much, much better. And so I'm happy with access. It's like, it's not an act. Like it's not, <laughs> it's not, you know, I get to have the luxury of not having something that I'm like, oh, I don't really believe in it or something like that. No, like I, I really wholeheartedly wake up in the morning excited as hell to look through Texas statutes and bylaws <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, to just be able to see, okay, what can I get around? What new law can I get around today? <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I mean, that's the, that's the meat and the bones of, of entrepreneurship in doing anything creative individually is that you got to be, you got to be in the dirt with it, like literally in the dirt with it. And, and that part is as exciting as anything, as anything else. It's, you know, the, 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 I can't stand in many ways, what entrepreneurship has become because it's become like the cult of celebrity. And yes. so you have these like big charmer, you know what I mean? Big smiles, you know, they, cause they see the Jeff Bezos and the Steve jobs or the whatever, and they want to be that. It's like, no, 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 it's, the, it's, it's an ugly job. Any small business owner will tell you that entrepreneurship is as well. Like you got to be deeply invested in the knit and the grit and the dirt of it to do anything with it. Cause who else is going to do it? Yeah. 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 No more for, for real, for real, for real. Um, especially with the number of, uh, you know, people like to talk about it, the number of naysayers that can exist, mm-hmm. like really the number of people that if you have truly something that is different, like that people are going to go, Oh, I don't, 
I don't get even if it's something solid, they will still go, oh, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And the number of no is the number of like the amount of skepticism a person might face. You have to be willing to get into the dirt as you describe. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, because that's where your conviction comes from. I was going to say congruence, you know, because I could talk to you and it's like, if if I, if I got the sense that you were, you know, you were jumping on some sort of trend, you know, as someone who's informed about, say, the manosphere space and integrity and congruency, you know, I would pick up on that. It's like, oh, well, this guy doesn't, I mean, he's got a good idea, but like, it doesn't really seem like it's about the idea. It seems like it's about him, but no, you're legit about the idea because you've dug into the statutes and you've dug into the, you know, the hard work of, the, of like the information you sent me about zoning and, you know, and, uh, and land development, like you've, you've done the work and you're still enthusiastic for it, which is the <laughs> best part, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. Now it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't put a price on it to actually work on something that I love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. couldn't put a price on it and it's, yeah. it's just again it's just it's just it's just really 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 great i mean that's what a mission does for a man like once you're once you're truly aligned and once you're truly on mission it brings you to life right like this has been my experience for the past several months it's just like as i've been pursuing a mission it's just like yeah long nights early mornings you know ugly hard work and in, in the heat you know lifting heavy shit into and out of the car and you know on the road and stuff like bring it on i was thrilled you know in some sense i feel i'm happy to be home but like well i don't know i was kind of enjoying being on the road you know oh my god man dude i can i can only imagine for <sighs> being on the road just doing the setups and the teardowns every single time. Like people, few people actually truly understand what that's like to do setups and teardowns and setups and teardowns and setups and teardowns. Mm-hmm. It is a difficult, difficult thing uh, with regards to audio video stuff. Mm-hmm. Like difficult, difficult, difficult thing. For sure, man. Yeah. Well, so where is Acts at right now? Like what sort of stage are you at? Okay. So right now with the first property, we are, uh, in the process of closing. So what that means is uh, we're getting the finalized uh, land survey so that we know officially 100% exact coordinates for all the boundaries. Mm-hmm. And with that information, we're able to move forward to the next steps, which is uh, getting everything available for online auction. Uh, that means getting the uh, initial marketing up and running. And that means getting the website up and running uh, so that we can actually do that. Up to this point, we have to th- you can't just market the property if you haven't closed on there if you haven't actually set the deal on it you know i can't i can't just be selling someone else's house like that um, <laughs> but, a good idea. but i mean that happens pretty soon i mean it's august 25th so september 1st is the official is all the official data for the land survey and oh, wow. um that means a close within this month you know you, you, there's always unforse- uh, uh, there's always room for like unforeseen circumstances sure but uh we're talking about uh, first land auction occurring in October. That's what oh, we're wow. talking about. Yeah. And is your website set up to begin receiving individuals to say uh, bidding on the land? Yeah. So the website's going to be set up already by that point um, to be able to say, hey, okay, let's start bidding for the land. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to say, okay, here's going to be the the first day of it. Okay. Online auction. So literally people, everybody ready at their computers. Okay. We're going to give some information on what the property is, some features. Um, I'm going to be going out there myself and doing the landscape photography and the landscape videography and all of the drone imagery for it. Um, you know, I'm actually really excited about that because I love doing mm-hmm. that media side. That's like fun stuff for me. That's like cake for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're going to be going out and doing all of that, um, getting the renders uh, up and running for that. That's another important part of it. But yeah, then we'll be 
ready to good to go. We had the contracts and stuff like that necessary. That's actually, that was actually an easier part, not a harder part, uh, contracts and things like that. Well, so talk about the, the auction. How does the actual auction process work? So an auction for a piece of land like this is literally making it available. Um, we're, we're, I'm talking right now to one of my advisors to know exactly how they do everything specific. I mean, right mm -hmm. now what they do is they, they open things up in sections. So section one, section two, section three, section four, and then they'll have the different land auctions like that. So um, I'm talking to him about whether it's going to be better to just do it, all of it at once versus in sections. So let's just say in fourth, in four different sections or two different sections or three different sections, the first day of an auction, everybody just go in and literally you click in on the land that you want. Okay. You put in an amount that you want to be able to secure that land. Someone else bid, if someone outbids you, someone outbids you. <laughs> like okay. simple as that, you know, <clears throat> um, we're going to have the parcels. You literally, I want you to imagine, uh, man, this sounds so much more difficult in words than if you actually just saw it. Cause if you saw it, it's literally a map and then you just hover over the map and you just click on the parcel you want. You just say this one <laughs> like that, mm -hmm. you just yeah. click that. And then it will say, okay, like here's the bid price that it currently is. And then, uh, here's what it would take to go to the next one. So this reminds me of the movie, uh, far and away. If you've seen that movie with Tom Hanks and Nicole Kibben came out in the nineties where, uh, the, it's the, it's sort of, uh, there's a land, there's a, Oh, land rush scene towards the end very dramatic scene where really? he, yeah well he and nicole kidman the story is that they come over from ireland to america and he makes it in the city and then he sees a poster you know of of this land rush into i guess oklahoma or something like that so he gets all the way out he and nicole kidman get all the way out to the land rush in oklahoma and there's this incredible scene where they get all these hundreds of horses and wagons lined up to replicate the scene from the 1800s or something like that and at the whistle everyone goes tearing off into the open land to to claim their to claim their parcel it's yeah. like one of the incredible scenes and, and so, i recommend that movie so actually what you just described is literally how it currently goes down can you believe that <laughs> What you just, we have not Online. been able to improve since then. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> no one's thought to do it. Yeah, I haven't maybe tried that like, hard. Yeah, like maybe, maybe it's as if that's not the most efficient option, but hey. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, currently uh, people do go out and do that for land auctions, which is pretty insane. They, what they do is they have a pink ribbon and they go and you tie the pink ribbon to a stake and that means you stake the land. That is literally what they do in the scene. That's like he has a stake and he goes out to his plot of land and he throws the stake down to the ground. Oh That's literally what God. happens. There's a lot more drama around yeah. it, but like, you gotta, yeah. I, I don't I know. Maybe, maybe what I should do is I should make some little digital flag. <laughs> I don't know. Some little digital flag that you put down or something like that. Do people I mean, go running? They, they go running into like an acreage with their little ribbon to get to the best plot of land that they, they want? They don't physically go running, but I mean, they walk fast. They walk briskly. <laughs> and um, you, have, you have to be there. Or if they're international, they'll have a guy, they'll have a sales guy on the phone and he'll be like, I'm passing the property now, 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 like that. Or, or they'll have it like with the little FaceTime chat. That is for real exactly what happens in the movie. Yeah. That is literally, you can go watch that movie and you watch that's, that scene. It's like, now, no. That's hilarious. So that's yeah, incredible. so I want you to imagine that, <laughs> but digitally and with just, you know, little parcels that you just click into and people just FOMOing in and then putting in their little money. Holy shit. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so you're, when you're the auction that's taking place, you've actually bought the 320 acres, I think you said, and people are bidding it's under for contract. the contract. Yeah. Yeah. So right now it's under contract, but yeah, we're looking at, uh, Hey, you know, now that we have it, you know, you're bidding in to get that uh, piece of land. There's going to be about the, the parsel, the part yeah, you're, you're going yeah, to get a parsel. And so, okay. uh, there's 89 acres of it is woods. Um, in the northeast corner of it, dude, I mean, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful, this land. It really is. It really is when you see it in person. It's just like, whoa, whoa. It really stands out. It looks like a movie. So there's this one mile long creek that goes across it. It doubles all the way back around, okay? When I say a creek, okay, I'm not talking about like a trickle. I'm not talking about like, sometimes uh, people will say, we got a creek and it, you look at it and it's like, hey, yeah. it looks like mud. Right. It looks like a little bit of like someone spilled their, their bottled water. Okay. I'm not yeah. talking about that. Okay. I'm talking about 20 foot wide, several feet deep with fish and turtles Creek is what I'm talking about. Okay. Sure. All right. Right. So it goes through and then in Northeast corner, what I love about it is that it actually doubles around such that it forms two little borders right with the woods too. And so right now the land is used for uh, running 210 cattle head on it. Okay, so there's 210 cattle running around and they use the forest as cover. So with this forest, that means that we don't actually even need a barn, okay? Because the when, when it's you know rainy or if it's too sunny, then the cows just go under the forest and they just hang out over there. But mm -hmm. they can also just drink the water out of the creek. So you never once have to spend anything on watering and feeding the cows. They just hang out there. And with the system, the farming system that we have from one of our advisors, polyface system, um, you can actually just rotate the cows so that we can get up to 300 cattle head just in that one little area. It's about like 14 acres over there. And then another amazing thing that it has is it's got 35 acres over in the northeast corner that is ran through by the creek on three different occasions and the water seeps into the land. So that you have these 35 acres of naturally irrigated fields. They can, you can basically just plant whatever the hell you want into and not even once have to spend any money putting any water into that land to get those things growing. It is, it is incredible. Wow. And okay. for, for context, what is 35 acres? Okay. That is enough to feed 150 families um, seven or eight times over. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. And that's not even counting the, I mean, not even counting the cattle that are, do the cattle come with the land? Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, uh, the cat, so the cattle are going to be over in that other, in that other Northeast corner. Okay. And we actually have a deal that with certain acreages. Okay. And you buy now you get a free cow. Okay. So one cow is enough to feed one family for a year. Actually it can be half a cow is enough to do it. But one cow. I don't know, man. I eat a lot of steak. Yeah, exactly. If, <laughs> if you're a steak eater, you know, then it's going to be, it's going to be, it might be a little bit more than that. But yeah, the point is that generally speaking, one cow enough for one family for a full year. And what you do is you can uh, actually trail the cattle with chickens and stuff like that. And not only um, will that be okay for the fields, but it actually improves the fields because you have the cow yeah. poop beaten eaten and scratched through by the chickens and then the chicken poop going into the soil that is naturally irrigated by the creek there. And mm -hmm. then the rest of the forest, you're able to have hogs, you're able to have deer, you're able to have all sorts of different things out there. This is not counting at all the fact that you also, on top of all of that, 
you have your own land where you have more than enough space to do with and plant whatever the hell it is that you want to do with and plant. You're tempting me to not publish this podcast and keep it all to myself. <laughs> this is, no, I mean, this is, that's incredible. That's really, really incredible. And you said, so, so what's the turnaround time between, so the, the, the auction will happen in early October, which is awesome. What is the, what's the projected say amount of like anticipated turnaround time from closing of the auction? to first breaking ground or development like years it sounds like year no no i mean, I mean no it's like well, well, well like so how long does it take to turn it from raw land into something that people are living and sustaining themselves oh on? my goodness this is crazy okay so so oh so here we go these so with the um the construction company the, the, some of the building companies that we that we're partnering with that we're able to go to okay and get discounts so not only is it already like cheap just to get these uh, different housing structures for yourself. But because we're doing such in bulk, you're able to get 10, 15, 20% discounts. Okay. So I have literally, okay, seen starting with the yurts. Okay. So the yurts, I have literally seen out of shape, you know, postmenopausal couples, okay, build these yurts in under a week. Oh, okay. So you're talking at the level of like a yurt, you know, not necessarily like a, a, a you know, four bedroom kind of home thing. I mean, I guess it could scale up from there. You can, you-, you can do it. I mean, you got an acre, you can easily get a yurt and then be able to build a next level thing as well. Mm-hmm. Now, another option is an A-frame home offered by A-frame. Okay. So those, they typically take about eight to nine weeks, eight to nine weeks, and you can get it fully built out. Like literally like, like move in ready. Like you've got the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what they will do is um, via A-Frame, it's sixty thousand dollars for the for their biggest option possible, which is uh, fifteen hundred square feet and has four bedrooms um, in it, and it will be shipped in a shipping container, like literally, like a, it, all of the pieces fit in a flat pack, container. <laughs> <laughs> like a little IKEA instructions. Of the yes, actually, though, they literally give you instructions, <laughs> and you can actually build it yourself. It's a little bit oh. difficult. You're going to want to get a construction crew. That's why I say, like, yeah. whoever does it, like, they're going to make a killing. But if you have a construction crew that knows what they're doing, then it's actually stupid simple for them. And considering what we're talking about, how it's repeatable, like, it ends up being so fast, like, so fast for them. Because it's just the same exact process again and again and again and again and again. That I mean, we're talking about again eight nine weeks. You already have the full thing actually built out. Um, for bigger custom home options, you know there are other custom builders, but of course that's going to come with it the problems of like larger custom homes. And so yeah. that's up to you and your own thing. Um, with regards to uh, uh, sewage and stuff like that, that requires some PVC pipe. It's already on downward sloping hill. So when you have a downward sloping hill, that means that the gravity is going to take your poop and your pee and it's going to just filter it on down. It will feed into the uh, fields and actually irrigate the fields and be pretty good for it. Won't be bad for it. All right. So, um, and then, you know, obviously internet is going to be a, that'll be a thing as well, presumably. Yes, yes, yes. So for internet, what you can do is you can go with satellite options. So it's actually in okay. a star. This first area is actually in a Starlink area. So that means that if you want, you can go get go ahead and get a Starlink satellite hooked up for you. Um, if you've never heard of Starlink, this is uh, one of Elon Musk's companies. Usually, oh, yeah. I don't like Elon Musk. Usually, I don't. But I will admit that in this case, in this case, it's some pretty damn good internet. Okay, we're talking okay. about rural internet at. Um, I've seen it at uh, 180 Mbps, 
which is pretty good. That's like that's really good. That's like you're, you're going to be able to watch HD videos. Like you can w- upload easy YouTube content. Like that's yeah. everything that you really, really need. All right. Uh, so, okay. So um, it's possible to turn around from auction completion in early October to a home. It sounds like it about six months, something like that. Yeah. 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 I actually have, I was actually thinking about literally titling it like the, uh, off grid and six month challenge. Um, that's great. I'm, I'm trying to, fi- I'm trying to find a cool snappy name, but like, that's like, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that's basically what I've got so far off grid in six months, you know, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, really, think- you can't do it. You can't do it. I guess all the pieces, all the pieces are there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes, it makes total sense to me. Um, if you have enough motivated, how much, how much are the plots of land, the parcels themselves expected to go for? If you had to guess, I don't know if you can share that. Or not. So, no, I can, I can. So with regards to the market, it's going to be de- determined largely by the auction, right? We will be starting at 5k per acre. Okay. You can't, so that, so you, you, you can pick up, you know, I can't, I can't tell you off the top of my head exactly what's going to happen sure. on an auction, you right. know? But I'm saying like, yes, you can get it at 5K per acre. But yes. there's, there might be lands that, you know, there's stuff right next to the creek, you know, maybe. So that's going to be probably seen as premium land. I can't tell you right off the top of my head exactly what people are expecting to do. Right, for sure. But, so I mean, like, the, the starting price will be 5K per acre or, you know, adjust, or maybe potentially adjusted for what might be, you know, more desirable lands or something like that. Yeah. And again, that's going to be like, that's literally day of, like, we're going to see people are going to battle it out. Maybe someone just really wants a piece of land and they want to get it for 50K, 60, 70, 80, 90, sure. 100K, whatever. That's that's their prerogative with regards to that. Um, and you are, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's going to be f- pure free market. We're going to see what's going on with that, but it will start at 5K per acre. And you already have, say, 100 or so potential. Um, how many parcels did you say that you were going to have in this particular auction? The total of the whole thing is 320 acres for the property. Okay. Um, the forest is about, is about, uh, depending on how we want to count it. And I'm going to be looking at the survey data to be able to tell you exactly what it's going to be it's going to be t- between 50 to 89 acres. And I don't really want to touch the forest. I want to, I want to keep No, it. no, no, leave it. So, um, that, and the other, you know, the irrigated fields and the cattle fields that I was talking about, it ranges to being about a hundred to about 120, 130 acres that are going to be, Hey, these are off for community for the community. Okay. And for farming through that for the community, Mm -hmm. there's also towards the front, there's a couple of different ponds. So we're leaving that out for community development as well. We want a nice little football field. Okay. There's enough space for an entire football field, enough space for some hangout areas, picnic tables, things like that. That's about another six acres taken off. So what we're looking at is about 205 acres. Okay. Give or take, depending on the final land survey, that are going to be available for this property. So potentially as many as uh, 205 acre plots available. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you're not subject to zoning restrictions for density. No. Um, On acres we are, we, Yeah, we are. We are overall. We're, it's going to end up being platted such that um, even though it's 205 acres, that doesn't mean 205 parcels. Sure. It's, okay. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to end up being about 150 parcels. Okay. Yeah, and you have a okay, that, which is the number that I had in my mind anyway. And you have 150 people lined up already to get into this auction. No, 
No, we're okay, simply cool. just doing just pure uh, marketing efforts to get that up and running. Again, that's the that's a really exciting part because that's that's where I come back come from from that from that marketing aspect. That's fantastic. Okay, I, I, I completely I completely get it now. And so, um, so for anyone right now who's like whose eyes have lit up at the opportunity, um, where would you where would you want to send them to to at least sign up to be notified when something like this happens? Yeah. So uh, we're gonna have acts decentralized realestate.com. That's one mm. way. Um, but by the time it's actually there, it's probably going to be something like buy land with crypto. We'll have some nice little, uh, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> we, I mean, of course there's gonna be the regular acts website, but we'll have probably like a custom little URL, but it should be something like buy land with crypto or, um, I think dreal.io. So you have okay. right now uh, decentralized finance. Well, this is decentralized real estate. So dreal and then .io. Okay. That's cool. That's really cool. I have a few more questions if you got time for it. Yeah, please, please. Okay, cool. Have you always um, have you always been a Christian? No, actually, no, no. Um, so growing up, my my I had a Christian background, especially because I'm Puerto Rican. I mean, everybody in Puerto Rico is going to be you mm-hmm. know a little bit more Catholic. Um, but when I was at Hopkins, especially like my freshman year in Hopkins, right. I was completely into that whole scientism mindset. You know, mm-hmm. I used to watch, uh, I used to watch the the Four Horsemen. You know, those uh, it was like, mm-hmm. uh, what's his name? Sam uh, Harris, Sam Richard Dawkins. Harris, yes, Dawkins, yeah. all of those guys. I thought they were the coolest people in the world. <laughs> you know, I thought that little did I know, little did yeah. I know. You know, um, it wasn't until I took a heavy dose of uh, psilocybin that I snapped out of that real fast. I'll do it <laughs> real, real, real fast. And I was like, nope, wrong. And then I realized. <laughs> try again. Yeah, try again. God exists. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great t shirt. Try again. God exists. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, over time, I started realizing, like, wait a minute, like, what's going on with the Christians that everybody is hating on the Christians so much? Like, really, why? <laughs> really, why? As I learned more about the agenda, and I mean, you learn about Satanism and you learn about the rituals. Look, you know, it, it's, pr- it's proof yeah. by opposite, right? I don't know the, is that the official term in philosophy? In, in Catholicism, there's actually a term for it. It's like, you can tell, you look at who's opposed to a thing to learn about the things like Catholicism yeah. is validated by the people who are against it. Exactly. Right. So, yeah. you know, I've never seen rituals by Satanists that are going to be against Allah. You know, I've never seen ones, I've never seen ones, you know, against Muhammad. Ding, 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 ding. Buddha. I've never seen ones against Buddhism. I've That's never right. seen one, you know, against uh, Zoroastrianism. Hinduism. Do you know when they, when they opened the Large Hadron Collider, there was a big opening ceremony for that thing with the Hindu god Shiva. They, yeah. have this, they have a giant Shiva statue in the boardroom at the Large Hadron Collider. It's in the background. Yes. <sighs> the destroyer. The destroyer. Yes. No big deal. Yes. So, you know, I'm not saying that there's not some interesting insights. There are definitely interesting insights sure. from the different places around the world. But come on, people, we have to ask, why is it that they shit on the Christians so much? Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> why? Why? You know, what's going on? What's going on? Um, but that said, I, I will have to say this caveat too, okay? I really can't stand as well... Um, Fake ass Christians. There's a, there's another way way to put it, right? There's a lot of fake ass Christians. Okay, you know, um, I think there's a lot to be said about the fact that, like, literally speaking, like people don't just 
read the Bible and just look at the words that Jesus that would come out of Jesus's mouth. I mean, so simple. I don't know how this flies over people's heads, but there's a lot to be said about that aspect. Yeah. Um, in addition to that, uh, I also recognize that there is a lot of issues with the translations that you have. Basically, every new international version, every every new version that comes out of the Bible, right? That's that makes it easier and more relatable for people, right? Every single time mm-hmm. they do that, okay, you lose what's actually being said and the message that's being said. So um, when I read, I read, I open up Bible Hub, and then I have the. Uh, you know, depending on what, what section I'm reading, it might be in Greek or it might be in Latin or whatever it might be. And then you just go in and you're able to look at the actual, you know, it's called the Strong's um, Concordance, right? Mm-hmm. So I look at the strong, Strong's Concordance when I try to read. I try to read the, I use the Berean Study Bible because that's like very, it's, 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 it, I admit it is easy. Okay. So I guess I'm contradicting myself by having said, look, don't, you know, avoid the ones that are making things easier but i just want read the one that's like okay this is the easy stuff then more difficult then like okay let's literally go with the strong concordance to understand what's going on mm-hmm. and there's a lot of interesting things to pick up when you do that a lot like a lot a lot like way 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 more than people ever realize really can you give me an example because i have a new i i got a gift from the friends who baptized me they gave me a copy of the new international version study bible and i personally can't stand the new international version translation i think it's dry i think it's it boring dry. but you know these are my friends and these these are some some really great christians and they gave it to me it's a lovely gift you know but then i try and the footnotes are excellent uh, I've tried to read the King James version and the new King James version. I didn't love that one too yeah, much. No. Yeah, yeah, no. So it's like, so I'm always on the lookout for, for, I do like the English standard version translation. I think that one's actually enjoyable to read, but they don't do Jesus's words in red letters, which is like, why would you not do that? Yeah. So, so this is really valuable for me to hear because I'm trying to figure out like, how am I actually going to read the Bible in a way that gives me what I need to? Cause I agree with you as we talked earlier, the Bible's been, it's messed with a little bit. A lot, a lot yeah. of it. It's messed with a lot of it, yeah, like a for lot. Sure. And you can definitely see it in some of these translations. Things can be completely different. And, oh, man, especially if you go into the Old Testament, there's a lot of different things that can be completely and totally uh, shifted around as well. Um, mm-hmm. Some pretty incredible stuff. So, again, I just use Bible Hub. And then if it's something that I'm unfamiliar with, I will start out with Berean Study Bible. I do like that one just to, just to get an overall, okay? Because it's literally like... I'm intentionally going in knowing the fact that it is the simplest five-year-old, you know, it's like the translation for a five-year-old basically. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I will step it up, just go and, and look at the, you can either go to uh, parallel or interlinear. Okay. And then you can actually see the um, words one by one by one. Okay. Or you can go to the strongs and be able to look at it uh, that way. Sorry, spell out Berean Study Bible so for me. So it will be. Uh, so if you go to Bi- Bible Hub, it will just say BSB. It'll be like the okay. fourth on any given one. It will be the fourth one over from the left. Okay. So and then it will say Berean Study Bible. Got it. Um, so you can just read that and get an idea, and then you know you can go to the uh, Strong's Concordance, and then they'll give you like if there's a really cool line or something that you want to go, go into, when you click that Strong's button it will go in and give you pretty much every single definition of a given word. Okay. And it's going to give you the Greek version of that word and where its derivation comes from. Okay. 
And that can, that can be really, 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 really useful for things. The other thing that I do, okay, that very, very few people do, okay, this is, this is nuts that people don't do this, is I actually read the Bible in its chronological order of writing. I do not read it in the version that has been handed to us um, by the powers that be. So, Whoa. All right, cool. What do I mean by that? Because most people have never heard of that. Like, they just think like, what are you talking about? Like, this is the chronological order. It's like, no, it's not actually. Um, you can go look up, just put in like a chronological uh, order of when Bible written. You can put that in and then there will be uh, ways to read it. So like another website is, uh, it's like uh, st- Bible study.com or it's not. Let me see if I know the exact chronological order. Here we go. BibleStudyTools.com. There we go. BibleStudyTools.com. Okay. And then there you can go in and you can say tools or you can go to Bible and it will say reading plans. Mm -hmm. And then on the reading plans tab, there you can go in and you can say chronological order. And it'll lay out for you the chronological order of uh, the events as they happened because things are actually super, super, super out of order. So like you'll have events in um, Luke that happen in between chapters that occur in John. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying it off the top, right? So you might have something that happened like John 2. So John 2 through 4 will happen between Matthew 4 and Matthew 12. And then after Matthew 12, you then have Matthew 5 through 7. Whoa. That's an example of what I mean by like it, it, it's jumbled up. Wow. You're blowing my mind right now. Yeah. So when you when you go in, you read in chronological order, you start with the Berean Study Bible, and then you go into the actual Greek translations, you'll find a bunch of stuff that is like completely different than what people originally imagined. Wow. Okay. So I'd never heard of the Berean Study Bible, but I can see what you mean about it being a really easy translation to, to sort of take in, you know, it's because I was just, I'm look, I've got Luke 16 up while we're talking and I'm just, I read it literally this morning and some of the translations are, are they're much easier to read. They're much, yeah. it's much simpler to take in, uh, to, you know, the Pharisees who were lovers of money heard all of this and were scoffing at Jesus. So he said to them, you are the ones who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts for what is prized among men is detestable before God. So much easier than the New International Version, which almost seems is trying to do too much. I guess you might say the exactly. Brain Study Bible is just so much easier to take in, even if it sacrifices some technical literal accuracy in the pro- accuracy in the process. Yeah, and then you know, but then you make up for that simplicity by going into the Strong's translation. So go check out the yeah. Strong's translation, and then you'll see stuff that you're just like, especially if it's like Jesus's words, like it can be like, whoa, like this is completely different than what I actually expected or what I actually imagined previously. Yeah. See, this is the kind of stuff, this is the kind of stuff that men crave. It's like, don't, don't preach at me. Let me discover it for myself. And this is what I always tell men because I had, you know, I converted last year. I was baptized Labor Day weekend last year. And um, it was one of the best things I ever did. And what I try to tell men is, is that what you've heard about Christianity from the church that you grew up with is not accurate. It's not right. There, there's, there is a Christianity. There's a version of Christianity that exists for men. That exists for men who want to be masculine, who want to be leaders, and you don't all have to follow this. 
but you have to go and you have to read the words of Jesus Christ yourself and you will see exactly what's going on. But you got to read the book because you're not going to get it in church from almost no one of um, my list, my list of to do's uh, after I finish the project that I'm working on is start a church because I'm going to start my own church to do the things that I want to do. And so for this reason, I tell men like, you got to go experience this stuff for yourself to see what's really going on. And then you will see what the religion is about. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you talk about, you know, the fact that there's, you know, Christian, like there is, there's aspects of Christianity for like, for men who want to be met. Like people have this idea of Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> they have this idea of Jesus as this like, peaceful dude. Namaste, like Jesus. That's like a homeless dude. Like, no, dude, go look at John two fifteen, dude. Like go, go, go look at that, man. Um, cause like, you know, if, if, if you want oh, a clear yeah. example of the type of stuff that he would do, the, the reality of what this looks like is, um, you know, it, so there's a specific line for anybody listening in John two fifteen. it says this, when the Jewish Passover was near, Jesus went to Jerusalem in the temple courts. He found men selling cattle, sheep and doves and money changers, changers seated at their tables. So he made a whip of cor- out of cords and drove them all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He poured out the coins of money changers and overturned their tables. To those selling doves, he said, get these out of here. How dare you turn my father's house into a marketplace? All right. Oh, Imagine- keep, going, keep going, by the way. Keep going on the next. <laughs> go, go, through to, go through to 19. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, his disciples remembered that it is written, zeal for your house will consume me. On this account, the Jews demanded, what sign can you show us to prove your authority to do these things? And Jesus answered, destroy this temple. And in three days, I will raise it up again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're talking about a guy. Okay. First off, how viciously do you have to be whipping around cords and stuff? He literally got a switch and drove out. Imagine driving out one guy, driving out an entire crowd of people. Okay. Yeah. At once, just whipping around. Okay. A switch, like the same switch, like a grandma would use, to like beat your ass. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you've got to be pretty wild. Like you, you literally have to look like Indiana Jones level to do that with a whip. You literally yeah. have to be Indiana Jones level to do that with a whip. Okay. So all this crap about, oh, he's just, you know, this peaceful. No, that's not the case at all. Okay. He'd be disgusted by so many of the things that we currently see. And, yep. and those money changers, it's like, what do they represent in our lives? Who do they represent in our lives? And we can mm-hmm. think about how are we allowing things to be tran- trampled, you know, how, how are we allowing things to, to mess with our lands and mess with our lives, right? Bring it back to acts. Okay. Metaphorically, what we're talking about here is we're driving out these money changers from buying it from the process of buying and owning our own land and developing freedom for ourselves. Yep. Let's drive out these money changers. There's no reason for that. Why are they preventing us from inhabiting and making use of God's land? which is very clearly, you know, beautiful, luscious land with creeks and rivers, this type of stuff that we're meant to live in, not in these rat cages that we all find ourselves living in. Mm -hmm. Right. How do we drive those money changers out? It's a big question. Big question. Yeah. 
Well, and what, one of the things that Jesus is doing in that is he's being, a, I mean, imagine the amount of sp- the space that you have to hold in order to do that as a man. Like, not just not just the kind of power, like how much actual physical whip driving, but like the presence of a, of a man going into a crowded marketplace and clearing everybody out. Yeah. Like, that's not a weak man who's able to do that. That's a, that's a man f- and fully in his, in, his, in his masculine authority, you know, as, as the son of God in this house, you know, but let's, let's even separate the, the, the metaphysical component and just say, what sort of man would Jesus have to be to clear out a marketplace? Imagine going to a farmer's market. You know what I mean? How hard would it be for a guy with whip to clear out a farmer's market? Like that's yeah. real authority for any dude to do, but they, these are the money changers that are making money. They don't want to be thrown out and this he still like does the it. New York stock exchange. It'd be like going yeah. to the New York stock exchange and saying like, okay, everybody who was up to the, all of this issue, like I'm driving you, like I'm making you rethink everything you're doing. Yeah. Well, there's also, and there's also, there's a couple other scenes in the Bible where something similar shows up where I guess a bunch of people like take Jesus up to a cliff and they threaten to throw him off the cliff. And then the translation says, and Jesus didn't listen to them and went on his way. Like they, oh, yeah. they lead him, they lead him up to the edge of the oh. cliff. I don't know what, what practice is. And he's like, yeah, no. And he just like walks through the crowd. So that <laughs> one is actually even, so that one's an extra interesting one. So part of what was going on is that for Jesus, okay, so all the time, so I, I, you know, I talk to friends and stuff like that, and I always get people, right, and especially anybody who's listening, anybody who's listening, okay, I always get people who come up to me and go, TJ, I love acts, but what do I say about my family members that don't get it? They don't understand everything that's going on with the vaccines. They don't understand why it's an issue. Uh, they don't listen to me about what's going on with the political agenda. They don't want to listen to me about the deep state. They don't want to listen to me about all of this stuff. Okay, so, you know, that scene where, where Jesus was almost thrown off a cliff, that's coming right off the tails of the fact that when he is in his own home birthplace, he's never taken seriously. He mm-hmm. literally says, you know, yeah. um, you are never, you're, you're basically never a teacher. A man is never recognized as a teacher in his hometown. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so some of you guys listening to this, if you have like a mommy or a daddy, or you got like a brother or a sister and you're trying to get their opinion before you can go off and move on to whatever it is that you want to do, or you want to teach them something like, I'm sorry, not even Jesus could really do that. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's cool. what happens when see, when people saw you uh, growing up in your little diapers. They always just recognize you as that. Your best option is to go off, you know, do the real thing, you know, perform some miracles in your own life. And then when you come back, then you might be taken seriously. But until then, you're not going to be taken seriously. Hmm. That's great. And that, that is, he does actually say that, you know, when no prophet is recognized as a prophet in his hometown or something like that. Yeah. It's something, it's something along those lines. It's something along those lines. So just really consider that anybody who's like waiting for permission from their friends and family or something. Oh yeah. Like no. You're, you're not going to get it. Like at this point, if someone isn't clued in, you know, to the, to the, to the vaccine agenda, like just let them, I'm sorry. Like I hate to be callous or cold or cruel. I go hard. My guys know I go hard, but like, just cut them loose. You exactly. got to move on. You got to move on. And I've been saying this from the very beginning, from literally February, 2020, anything that you're not willing to let go of will be used to control you, including family, including travel, including your job including relationships, things that you treasure, physical possessions even, food, restaurants. If you're not willing to let go of it, it will be used to control you. Oh, you want to go to your favorite restaurant? Guess what? You're going to need the passport now. Oh, too bad. It's like, oh, well, you know, I wasn't going to get it, but, you know, I really like the burgers there. It's like, bye. 
Yeah, that's the that is the idea behind the story of you know Sodom and Gomorrah. That's that's Lot leaving. Okay. Yeah. His so he's he, you know he's told like okay get out of here. You're the only person basically worth saving in this. Okay. You know in this uh, basically it looks like San Francisco. Okay. <laughs> no, no lie, I used to live there. No lie, for like, real. You know the only person worthwhile from getting you know from leaving San Francisco. Okay. Don't look back. Don't, Don't look, look back. back. His wife looked back. If that's that metaphor. If she got turned into a pile of salt, she looked back. Yep. That that yep. is what happens to a person who looks back. That's what it's trying to get at. When it's going down, we are in a Sodom and Gomorrah level style. Okay, that's where we're at right now. We're in crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. Things that you would yeah. never imagine. That's where we're at right now. You can't look back. That's right. Yeah, it's literally it's literally like a time of prophecy, and it's it's real. Like, look, it's really difficult for me to land in that to land in the whole like you know antichrist second coming. It's like I don't want to land there. Like, I want to believe yeah. that humanity can 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 pull out of the nosedive so that you know we don't have to hit the backstop of the second coming. Is kind of how I think about it. But you know what? Like, we're not not heading in that direction. You know, like yeah. I saw someone, this guy Chris Hardman on Twitter. He was like, he, he's like, I predict the Antichrist will be here within five years. He tweeted that like two days ago. I'm like, that's the hardest tweet I've ever read. Like, that's yeah. legit stuff. And it's like, not unreasonable. Not unreasonable. Look around, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, that, you know, I, I think that term Antichrist is a very interesting one. This is one of the things I love about Bible Hub, right? <laughs> oh, so, boy. Here we go. So, you know, put this in- This put is so in, great, by the way. Put in on Bible Hub, Okay. Um, just put in uh, Christ, okay? Every single time he's mentioned, okay, Christ, people think that's his name. That's not his name, okay? He's not, his name is not literally Jesus and last name Christ, okay? <laughs> right. First off, okay, when you're, we're talking about a different language, okay? And uh, when you're talking about a different language, okay, if you have a proper noun, okay, you, you, you keep it the same noun, okay? So like Donald Trump in China is still called Donald Trump, right? Mm-hmm. You, you still keep that. So anyway, so that that word uh, Christ, people throw it around, but they don't even realize that it's like it's a description of a thing. It's not it's not as simple as just Christ. Okay, what it means is it means the Anointed One. Okay, Christ comes from Christos. Okay, and then Christos means the Anointed One. Okay, mm-hmm. properly. Okay, what what does what does anointing mean? It means rubbing or pouring olive oil on someone to represent the flow of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anointing literally involved rubbing olive oil on the head, especially to present someone as divinely authorized, appointed by God to serve as a prophet, priest, or king. Okay. There are strong discussions that this itself is even, uh, even that, uh, this idea that it's olive oil, like that's even, that's not even necessarily the case because there's other descriptions that show that it could be um, cannabis oil or it could mm-hmm. be a, um, a, a kind of like a hemp oil. But the more important thing is the fact that it represents a flow. Okay. So the proper word would be Jesus, the anointed one or Jesus, the one with the flow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and that flow is that connection, that flowing connection with God. So an antichrist is what is the, what is that person? What are those things? that are leading you away from that flow state, from that flowing connection with God, that anointment that you may have. I know, I know. (laughs) Fucking the transhumanist AI agenda. Yeah, okay? All of those different things. Fuck. That right there, that's like the actual literal, you know, that's the literal 
translation of it. Not what everybody's making up. Just go to the dictionary to look at it. So it's not just like, oh, the Antichrist, the Antichrist has come. It's every single thing that is getting us out of that flow. Everything that's getting us out of that flow. That's, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's real. That's real. And then the, the, the agenda of the, of the transhumanist, the ultimate agenda is the permanent severing of that flow. Exactly. You know, you put it, I try to explain this to guys. It's like, look, they're not hiding the fact they want to put a chip in your wrist and a chip in your head. Like that's not, that's not, I'm not making this up. No, you know, I, mean, I did it, it. I have the photos. I did it. Boom. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> Shit. Oh my God. Awesome. And also not awesome and awesome that, you know, they're talking to the guy. <laughs> Shit. Well, just to, to, to finish the thought on that, you know, the, the idea behind it is that, you know, if you put the chip in the wrist, everyone knows about that. It's like you're, it's, it's linked to your medical records and your bank account. And so if, you know, you say or do the wrong thing, if you commit a crowd crime, thought crime, well, we'll just cut you off from your, from your, um, from your digital currency. Then you can't spend money. Oh, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're literally a slave now. But the, the, the part that people don't think about is, you know, they actually do want to put a chip in your head. And as you were doing some of the research around this and the thing is it's pitched and, and Elon Musk is talking about this, like Neuralink is exactly right. And so it's like, the idea is that you can access the internet directly with your mind, right? That you don't need to use a phone or a web browser. You can just access the internet with your mind, right? Okay, cool. If it's two-way communication and it's wired directly into your mind, how do you know what are your thoughts and what Bang. are the internet's thoughts? Bang, bang. You don't, and so then as soon as soon later- I realized, That's what I realized years ago. That's what I realized years ago. Yeah, there you go. That's what I realized years ago that I said, I'm sorry, I'm not going to all these top-end universities that I've spent the past 10 years of my life trying to get into. That's what I realized. Bang. Fuck. Goes digital both ways. Digital fist bump. Boom. Boom. <laughs> like, yeah. But people don't realize it. They don't want to do it. Okay? Yeah. And hell, I'll take it one, one tiny step forward. The flow, okay? It, it can, it's also, you know, it's through, it's through DMT pathways, through your pineal gland. Okay? Mm. You know what we're doing every time we take those stupid little infrared guns? You're shooting your pineal gland. Okay? Oh, on your forehead for the temperature check. Bang, shot in the pentagon. Bang, shot in your pentagon. What are you shooting? That connection. Bang, mm. all that natural and endo- natural endogenous DNT that gives you a, a connection to the infinite. It's bad, 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 mm-hmm. bad, bad, bad stuff. Bad, 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 bad stuff. Mm-hmm. This is the really interesting, interesting thing that's going on right now. Is um, I had a podcast with this. Uh, his name is David Whitehead. He's a DW Truth Warrior. He's been exploring a lot of these esoteric, new age conspiracy, I guess you might say, topics for a very long time. And I was really interested to talk to him because what's going on in, the, in that world is that there's this awakening of guys who have been exploring these these topics for a very long time, and they're finally realizing that like, wait a minute, there's this assault on masculinity, testosterone, sperm counts, fitness, meat, all these things that like promote health. What's going on with masculinity? And so now here I am on the other side, you know, working in this world of masculinity, you know, guys were digging down, digging down. I was like, wait a minute, there's like a deeper, there's like a deeper esoteric, you know, a quote unquote occult reality to everything that this is all orchestrated. And so there's two halves of, of this world of men are kind of, they finally 
broken through the mutual tunnels underground and discover each other. Like, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? And it's like, <laughs> no, all these things are related. All these things are connected. The same thing that's that's been fighting to, you know, to to get a say a chip into your wrist is the same thing that's been sapping, you know, your your testosterone scores. It's the same force, mm-hmm. you know. And men are waking up to this in a very powerful way, and it's very scary, but it's very real. For anybody listening, okay, go. We got another research thing for you. Type in W0 2020 Maybe do that on, uh, on, on uh, incognito mode. Yeah. Incognito mode. Okay. W0 2020 W0 Oh, I, I think I know what this is. That is the patent filed by Microsoft Technologies. Okay. For a cryptocurrency system connected to your body that will include your thoughts, your bodily fluids, and your heart rate, your blood rate, everything. They're going to connect it all. And then they're going to pay you and punish you in cryptocurrency on those readings. If you go... It, it literally says that. It literally says that. The cryptocurrency system, and I'm on that page right now. This is, this is real patent scope, IPO portal. The cryptocurrency system communicatively coupled to the device the user may verify if the body activity data satisfies one or more conditions set by the cryptocurrency system and award cryptocurrency to the user whose body activity is verified. That is, that is in black and white. Now go to description and go to point 36. I know, I know this off the top of my head, man. Uh, go to description, it will like, the, it will like the main body of it, and then it will say, yep. it will say point 36 and it will describe what they mean by, by body activity. Oh, what? Yeah. Sounds, uh, the body activity may include, for example, but not limited to radiation emitted from human body, brain activities, body fluid flow, e.g. blood flow, organ activity or movement, body movement, and any other activities that can be sensed and represented by images, waves, signals, or any other form of information data. Um, brain waves may comprise gamma waves, Bang. beta waves, Bang. alpha waves, theta wave. Bang. Wow. Let's, let's, let, let's, let's tell the audience what that means, okay? It very clearly says you will be rewarded cryptocurrency systems for your thoughts. They include your alpha waves, your beta waves, your gamma waves, your delta waves, and your theta waves, right? Does it say that? Alpha waves are just your everyday thoughts. They will reward you and punish you for your thoughts. Your beta waves is for your focus. They will reward you and punish you basically for your focus and what you're able to retain in your memory, okay? They're going to punish you for your subconscious thoughts. They're going to come, they're going to punish you for your freaking dreams. Yes. They're literally going to punish you for their dreams. They do they not say dreams? Delta waves, which may be involved in sleep or deep relaxation. Boom. Boom. Patented by Microsoft. I don't want to hear about it from anybody anymore ever again. Like they, they're so clear about it. Publication date. 03, 26. 2020. That was international filing date, 06, 20, 2019. The publication date was essentially five days after lockdown lockdown started here in, um, here in Phoenix. Pretty incredible. Just convenient. Just very convenient. 
It's a conspiracy theory, dude. What are you crazy? Yeah, it's conspiracy theory. Yeah. And spending all this money to file a patent. It ain't cheap to research and file a patent, by the way. It's thousands of dollars. And and there's and there's and by the way, just to, uh, just to pull up just to pull up the actual uh, the agents, the inventors, Der- Dustin Abramson, Derek Fu, Joseph Edwin Johnson Jr., and then there are a, then there's maybe 10, 15 different agents. So these are you know what twenty high, very high level people invested in researching this, and then the actual process to document it and file it. You know the scale of Microsoft. Because I've I've been involved in uh, in patent and trademark work. It's not cheap to file a to to file a, just a trademark. You know it's a it's an expensive process, like twenty five hundred bucks potentially to file a patent and to research it. It's hundreds of thousands of dollars of work. So they invested in this. This is this is real. This is real. It's like there's no other word for it. Yeah. How's that land sounding now, guys? <laughs> better than ever. <laughs> <laughs> better than ever. Where do you want to send people to sign up for information from your website again? <laughs> yeah. So if you know if that's if all of that sounds appealing, it will be actsdecentralizedrealestate.com. Excellent. And then I, I did have one one more question for you because it came up earlier. Yes. Talk about the affirmative action thing. You mentioned that. Like, go deep on that. Oh, dude. Dude, it's very simple, man. Realistically, realistically, uh, if the black community, if, they, if people actually cared about the black community to do much better, okay, then you would have to just be self-reliant, okay? You'd have to just, you know, compete on a normal level, okay? It's kind of insulting. It's kind of insulting. All right, there's conversations to be had about, uh, the issues with black culture, which is largely a psyop. Okay. That is not actual mm-hmm. black culture. Just like even the same, even the term white culture is, is nonsense. Okay. Right. It's nonsense. Okay. There's no point in history up until like, you know, there's no point in history until like the 17, around the 1700s is when that shit started. Okay. But before that you'd be Scandinavian, German, Spaniard, French, you know, mm-hmm. you'd be Russian, you'd be, a Chinese person, fine, okay? It was not simple as just white, black, okay? And, mm-hmm. and amongst black cultures, okay, there was many different African tribes. There was Caribbean tribes, okay? There's people in South America. There's people in, 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 in like, literally in India and, in like, the South, South Pacific, okay, that mm-hmm. are all highly melanated, okay? This idea of just black, that's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. So, you know... By setting things up so that people are cheapened, okay, so that their actual entrance into different places is cheapened, okay, you actually make things much, much, much worse, okay? It's like if someone's trying to do a bench press, okay, and you're spotting them for a bench press, and the entire time you're lifting all the weight for them, guess what? You're not going to be able to develop muscles. You're not going to be able to do it. You're not going to actually be able to do it. There are discussions to be had within, okay, different communities okay within but not from outside help but just within you know let's just say the black community or whatever we want to say which again i still think is a slap to say that word Mm. um to be said about hey how can we actually do it so that we have enterprise okay kept within our community okay whenever a community is able to keep assets within themselves they do very well okay Mm -hmm. and so you actually find this independently amongst many different peoples okay so the most notorious ones who do it are the Jews. Okay, let's let's be very clear. They're the most notorious. 
Well, let's be honest. Let's call. Let's give credit hey, where credit's due. Hey, you know what? I gotta say. I gotta say. I'm, I'm Jewish. Yeah. I grew up Jewish. I grew. I grew up Jewish, and and I I got a lot of teachings. I got a lot, a lot of teachings about about money and keeping money in the family and, and all of that. It's, you know, like that's it's it's it is a cultural value. But to be to be fair, it also exists in, in any communities that come over as immigrants. That's what from I was going to say. I was about exactly. To say. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. there's, it's not just the Jews. Like you also have. Okay, so the Nigerians. Yep. Nigerians in America, this is what I mean by like, no, like you can't just say black, like Nigerians, they actually do very, very, very well. Okay. Very, very well. Okay. Direct Nigerians who of their own volition just came over. Okay. They do very, very well because what they keep things within their community. They do a great job of supporting each other. They have fathers actually present. Okay. Mormons do incredibly well. Okay. Cubans. Yeah. Cubans Koreans. do incredibly well. Cubans have a chip on their shoulder and they keep stuff, they keep relations within themselves so that they're able to move upwards. I'm from Miami and in Miami, trust me when I say the Cubans keep things within themselves, okay? Right. Um, uh, I saw Scarface. <laughs> yeah, right? But no, seriously, seriously. Like it, it, it is you know, a very important thing to say, okay, how do we have money flowing in but then money not flowing out? So mm-hmm. that was actually a very important thing that I, I wanted when designing acts, okay? That we can have a system where money is flowing in, again, through the acquisition of land, through um, the acquisition of businesses that are able to interact both within the acts community and outwards with outward-facing elements, okay? But still keep that money in. That's one of the things about acts. But this time, instead of being unified only through uh, the place that you were born in or unified simply by the color of your skin, it's unification by that focus on God, unification by the values that you actually have of sovereignty, of natural law, of arete, of self-defense principles, of non-aggression principles, with people who approve themselves by literally putting their money where their mouth is. Okay. So that's the opportunity that exists. I mean, you enter acts and it's going to be a brotherhood. It's going to mm-hmm. be a brotherhood. Just watch, just watch. Yeah. That's a way to, it's a way to invest your wealth into something of, of real estate, real estate yes. and create something of real enduring, real enduring value. Um, divorced, wholly divorced from the current trajectory of which we just covered of you know where the machine is going. And, yeah. um, it, it will have to be, it will have to be a brotherhood. It will have to be a brotherhood because, you know, you will have to fight on behalf of the thing that you're building. You know, things have entropy, communities have entropy. Mm-hmm. They come together, they fall apart. And it takes, it takes the will of strong individuals, primarily men to hold things together despite entropy. That is our function. We're anti-entropic by nature at our, at our, at our highest, most self-transcendent level. And that requires ongoing commitment. You know, and and I think men are getting ready. Men are ready for that. If they're not, they're they're not getting ready for that. They are ready for that now, or they're almost there. Absolutely, absolutely, man. So, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you for that. This has been incredible, man. <laughs> You're welcome. This has been this has been a lot of fun, man. This has been uh, uh, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah, I this wish my favorite. I wish other people would interview the way you do. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. I, I do too. But, you know, I, I ask the questions that I want to hear the answers to. And, you know, I, I think I love what you're doing. And, and, uh, and I'm so grateful that, um, 
that I saved the, the opening the surprise, you know, for the, actually this conversation versus like going to all the details we talked on the phone. So yeah, man. Um, this has been absolutely worth it. Well, look, we're like, you've already given the URL a couple of times, axdecentralizedrealestate.com. Is there any place else you want to send people to or any place where people can go to learn more about anything? There's a ton of so resources we'll, we'll going to be, be in, the, in the show notes. We'll be on okay. Twitter. We'll have some, some dank memes on Twitter. Okay. Sweet. We're going to have some of like the funniest things you've seen. Um, I've already, we already have a, we have at least like a hundred different memes just at the ready, <gasps> just at the ready for launch. Okay. These this, are going to be some fun, fun, fun memes. This is a good entrepreneur right here. He knows. <laughs> so, so I'm excited. And, and anybody can contact me. Um, the, the other way to contact me is through Instagram. So I'll be at death proof solutions on Instagram. So cool. if you want, if you're interested in the project, you just want to help out, you can contact me through there. That's the easiest way to reach me. Yeah, it's got some great posts on there with some great things to say too that I was really excited to see. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, TJ, this has been absolutely outstanding. Thanks so much for coming and spending so much time with me and sharing all this with all the men. I think you're going to see a lot of interest from a lot of guys, including me. Thank you, man. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me on here. And uh, yeah, just being an amazing guy and actually going out and doing this. This is a really, really important project, everything that you have going on. episode of the Renaissance of Men podcast. Visit us on the web at renofmen.com or on your favorite social media platform at Ren of Men. This is the Renaissance of Men. You are the Renaissance.